Live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts, welcome to the Spare Notes series with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and William Cooper. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Spare Notes series. My name is Matt Tobacco from SpokenTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. William Cooper of Cigar-Coop.com. Broadcasting live from Indian Trail, North Carolina. I'm here in Boston, Mass., in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, and in the Great White North in Canada, eh? It's our good friend, Mr. Mitchell Santaga of SmokingTobacco.com. Mitchell, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing, Coop? Matt? Coop, what's going doing, on, brother? Doing great. Doing good, man. Doing good. A long day today. This is a uh, this was a three-podcast day. So uh, this is uh, the, you know, we saved the best for the finale here. Yeah, no one, no one, no one can do the marathon like you, though, Coop. You know, I mean. Yeah, this this was a long one today. I can tell you, I haven't done a three, I haven't done a three day, uh, three time one in a long time. So. Well, it's because you've been. Did you do so a juke? Much. Did you do a jukebox today? Yeah, we did jukebox. We we uh, finished that up about seven thirty. Nice. Mm. Nice, 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 nice. Yep. Yep. Well, so, uh, we are finally back um, on a on a three podcast day with Coop. So uh, I guess that's something to celebrate. Uh, we are all actually. This was not pre-planned. This kind of happened at the last minute, but uh, Mitchell initiated this, and then Coop and I decided to follow. Uh, we are all smoking, gentlemen. Hold them up. The Me Karita Black, the Saka Khan from That's Right Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Uh, we are all here smoking it tonight together. Um, this uh, this is a fantastic cigar. It was on our list. I don't believe it was on the Coop number list. five. It was number five on our list. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it it was not on my list. Um, it would it was it came out too late to be eligible. But I have smoked the oh, okay. JR version, which is the same. Yeah. Um, I don't anticipate this making the coupe list this year, but it's not a bad cigar. Yeah, it's you good. Know, uh, Con. I'm actually Con, yeah. Sucker, sucker con. Um, yeah. I was. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the to the Papa Saka, the smaller size that yes. Steve has now, you know, kind of unfortunately formally introduced, shown off online, which... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that cigar. <laughs> you know, this is my soccer. Oh, I thought you were doing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coop, but remind me, because I feel like you you know this off the top of your head. What is the size? Is it a five and a half? Seven? Oh, like the, the, the smaller con? one. The new one, yeah. I want to say it's around the five and five eighths, 46, 48 range. Okay, he hasn't he hasn't formally announced it yet. Yeah, right. I don't think he's given the true full Vitola. Yeah, he he posted a photo of it online. He's talked about it, but it, there's been no formal. Here it is. Mm. Uh, so I thought he was gonna go six by forty eight on it, but that was just me. Well, Nicole, yeah, it's in that range. It's in that range, I would say. Yeah. Well, I remember we saw him at PCA last year. We we talked about it. this one was on display. It was when they were first taking orders for it, and he had said, you know, hey, like I have other sizes I'm gonna come out with. This is just kind of the or roll out of this, whatever. So I knew, we knew more sizes were coming. I remember when we finally got these, uh, Nicole smoked it, and she really loved the blend. Um, but she was like, I'd love to try this in a smaller size. She didn't like how big this was. So uh, I know she's excited for the smaller size to give that a shot, obviously, after the baby comes. Um, but I know that's that's high on her list of uh, new cigars she wants to try for 2023. So... Um, really excited for it. You know, like I said, I liked this one a lot. I know Mitchell enjoyed it. I know Coop enjoyed it, but we'll see where it ranks on the Coop list this year. Um, but with that, gentlemen, we are back. Another Spare Note show. 
Uh, I have decided to cut and light my cigars once again with Cigar Blondie accessories. That's right. Right here. The beautiful cutter and lighter set from Cigar Blondie accessories can only be found at CigarBlondie.com in three beautiful finishes. Chrome, white, and black. And uh, Mitchell, you do have a set. Uh, one was sent to you. And I don't know what happened to it. So there's another. That we're I blame get the to. Canadian government. I blame the Canadians too. You know, those damn Canadians. Conscious Canadians. Conscious Canadians. I like that. I like that. Uh, Cameron says, yeah, Coop is dead on with the Papa Saka for what Saka has shared on previous streams. There you go. Okay. Coop's go. always dead okay. on. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to get my uh, my Scar Blondie uh, lighter. I, I love those, those flat. Jet flame, kind of like brush painting on the flame to your. It is the it, foot it, of your cigar. It's a nice lighter. It really is that 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 whole flat blade flame, whatever you want to call that, mm -hmm. uh, fan flame. Uh, it's nice. It's something a little different. I really enjoy it, especially in smaller vitolas. Uh, but it works with, with anything. It gets the job done and performs really well. Um, great accessory. Um, the there is a. A, a handful of things on the docket for tonight. I guess I'll, I always like to start with Coop. I like to, to defer to Coop and ask him what he has on the list, and then I'll get to my list after. But, uh, Coop, wh what's on your list of uh, – your shit list, I should say, for the week? Um, You know, there was a story that came out a couple of weeks ago um, that I don't think we got a chance to talk about, but I think I mentioned it to you. Um, and it's about the college football coach – who was? Um, oh, that's right. Yes, I don't think we made it to that. Yeah. Um, and he was apparently he was suspended. Um, he was basically suspended because they lit up cigars in um, in the locker room. Uh, it was a guy by the name of Tony Anise. Okay. Um, and what happened is after they won the division, his team Ferris State won the uh, Division Two championship. Um, there were some players, I guess, smoking in the locker room. And um, now he's suspended. He got suspended as a result of that. For allowing that to happen. For allowing that to happen, yeah. Um, and I, I thought it was kind of an interesting story that happened with that. Um, because, I mean, so I don't know what you guys think about this, right? I, first of all, I think, the, I, I, I think it sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. um, But I wanted to pull something up here. I apologize. The um, it's unfortunate the that that has to happen because yeah, you have, okay. you have people and, like Joe Burrow and others who have kind of started to bring that that trend back of the of the true yeah. victory cigar, right? And yeah. you know, it's yeah. unfortunate that not every athlete, I guess, can use that celebration. Right, but this is going to be an unpopular thing. I'm going to say, I do support the suspension if he broke the rule. I know it's look. I know the rule sucks, okay, but I don't think that this sets a good example for the cigar community that we should just go and break the rule. So I know, you know what I'm saying. We, we, yep. We've always been respectful of the rules. We might not agree with the rules, but I think we've always been respectful of it. And in just in my opinion, I just think if the rule was you can't smoke that, that it sucks. I know you can't smoke that. And uh, you can't make an exception here. You, you just—it's not fair to anyone else then who comes by and does that. Um, and like I said, from a cigar community, I think we've always kind of 
respected the rules. You know, it's kind of like I remember Fred Rui once uh, told me, you know, we all used to like smoke in front of the non-smoking sign. Yeah. And I think Fred one day said, that's not really a good idea to do that. And he was even acknowledging that he did it in the past. And he said, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea we do that anymore. And he's kind of taking that stance that he's not going to do that anymore. And I kind of agreed with him on that. So I, I do think it sucks that the coach got suspended and everything. Um, but the rule is the rule here. And I just don't think anyone's above the rule. Um, it's just unfortunate that that rule's in place. But I don't think you can make an exception here. I, I agree. So I don't I know mean, how you guys feel about it. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, as a cigar smoker and someone who spends a lot of time in the cigar community and the industry and, you know, knowing the discriminations and whatnot that we face as an industry yeah. um, and as enthusiasts from our own government and trying to show how we are as a people and how, you know, our tobacco consumption and lifestyle and everything is different than others. Um, you know, I think cigar smokers, whether no matter what part of the, the game you play it, uh, as a whole, I think cigar smokers are generally good people. Um who are just trying to, you know, and enjoy this lifestyle and whatnot. And we're not, we try to, I think we try to have an image and a presentation of ourselves that is respectful, um, that, you know, we're not crazy nut jobs. You know, the, the yeah. idea is we're always telling people, like, hey, you know, scar people are great people. You know, we help in our communities. You know, we're, we're yep. you know, very sociable. All the good qualities, right? So, again, I, I kind of agree. I think it's like, well, don't. Don't blatantly go against that and try to make it because here's the problem when especially when it's smoking and stuff and you get all the people who are so anti-smoking and you see someone who's pushing being like, fuck it, I'm going to smoke anyway. That gives the, those people that f unjustly frown on the rest of us. Yeah. Like, oh, see, yep. look at there's that there's that dickhead smoking a cigar. Oh, right. Cigars are gross. Right. It's like, right. You're no, giving no, no, them that ammunition again, against us. Yeah, exactly, Coop. And the, you know, you're you're giving them an example to use against everybody. And the truth yeah. is that 99% of us are, don't act that way. Um, so I agree. I don't like it. I don't like the rules. I don't like that it even happened. I think it sucks. It's another it's another example of the the crap that cigar smokers have to deal with with laws and yeah. rules and yeah. place. I get it. Um, if anything, we should be working to you know respectfully find exemptions or change the rules or try to, you know, whatever, but don't like paint more of a target on your back because that just no, makes I, it harder. I, I, I agree. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, this was actually a um, stadium rule. It wasn't an NCAA rule. But I guess or they still rule find... Or it was some, Yeah, it wasn't related to the NCAA policy. Now, now that's that kind of worries me a bit that, will you know, when stuff like this starts to happen, does the NCAA now get involved with this? Uh, could they get involved with it? And what I'm saying is, for the, for the negative, saying, oh, we don't want to deal with this BS anymore. We're just going to ban it completely. So, I mean, it, I just don't think there's any positives in what happened here. Um, and, if, you know, look, as a cigar community, we can we can, we can can scream and protest on that. I don't, I don't think, but I think to say he shouldn't have gotten fined, I, I, I don't like he got fined, but it, the rule's the rule is all I can tell you. He broke the rule. Yeah, the other thing, too, is, you know, we, we've seen in, in the last year or two, uh, just such an increased um, uh, sense of celebration with cigars with athletes, especially at the collegiate level, right? But yeah, even in some of the, at the pro levels and the World Series and yep. the Super Bowl and 
uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Joe Burrow personally has been a huge part of that, that, that resurgence yeah. of the, the victory cigar. I mean, look, I'm from Boston, you know, Boston Celtics, you know, Red Auerbach. I mean, anyone who, like, you know, Coop's age, you know, the, the, the Stone Age people that are still around. Yeah. Like Jose Blanco, another one, you know, who's been around that long, who, who remember that. I know I don't. Uh, you know, you remember Red Auerbach, you know? Coop probably remembers it like it was yesterday, you know, 50 years ago. Um, <laughs> sorry. I do. I'm sorry. I'm scared yet. I do. I <laughs> but no, but seriously, Look, but, but Coop, you probably remember that. Like, that was like, that was just an everyday thing, you know, and Red Auerbach, yeah. known for the cigars. And now, like, you know, we don't we don't really have that. And it's unfortunate because, you know, like, it kind of goes back to, like, the boom in the 90s, right? You had, so as much as we talk shit about the things we deal with with Cigar Aficionado, which is a different issue, on the other side of the coin, when Cigar Aficionado started in the 90s, you know, it helped bring the image of celebrities, movie stars. Absolutely. It it yeah. brought that image of like look at all these people who you probably love and you know follow and admire who are big cigar smokers and look at them on the cover like smoking cigars uh -huh. and and it helped create a rush and and helped influence a boom and it was stuff like that and I think that when you kind of start to see a little bit more of that in today's society um, you know on more of a digital media format like on TV and whatnot like yeah it's you're you're, you're showing people like oh Joe Burrow this. How how old is Joe? Nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Uh, he's not very old. He's a very younger guy. Um, but you know, there he is winning. You know, the college football championship. And he's smoking a cigar in the locker room. I mean, that's an image. I mean, regardless of whether yep. it was okay or not, but that's an image, yep. right? So, it would it would hurt to coop back to your original point. Yeah, it, it would be unfortunate to see that just being a blanket rule taken away. Um, because I think it's nice. I think we're kind of seeing a yeah. little bit of that momentum again. Yep, I agree. I think it's been a very good couple of years for things like that. Uh, again, you go with the uh, the Houston Astros. Oscar Valadares had their cigars on on the field. Yep. Uh, El Septimo's had it for a couple of Super Bowls. I think the yeah the Rams had them. I think the Braves smoked Padrones when they won the World Series a few years ago. I trying to remember, but it's possible. I think it was Padrones. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but by the way, I gotta just say, El Septimo did a nice job of promoting the fact that they had their cigars on the field. Uh, they did a good job with that. Yeah. Uh, I think Oscar could have did a little bit of a better job with it, but I think they they didn't do a bad job either. But I think El Septimo did the best job. I mean, they made sure everyone was aware of that. Yeah, we know Joe smokes tobacco specials and the Flor Dominicanas. Um, mm -hmm. Who else? I feel like there's I feel like there's another. Well, you know, the Colorado Avalanche when they won the Stanley Cup, the coach was smoking. Oh, what was he smoking? Oh, uh, I forget what he was smoking. But, he, I mean, he, there, were, there were a lot of pictures with him with a cigar. Brian Dable uh, is a cigar smoker. Yeah. Of the coach of the Giants. Coach, now I call him Coach Dable. Uh, but, yeah, he is. Um, uh, you know, I, just, I think the cigar companies need to do a little better job at kind of, you know, promoting the fact when their cigars are smoked by, by the sports teams. They, they haven't quite gotten mastered it yet. And it's, you know what? I mean, it seems like it's just easy. It's send them some money cigars, the and it's it's advertisement, really, and you know it's good for the industry because it's 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 getting the cigar smoking, yeah, you know, thing you, out there to wanna, more people. You, you want to get something where your band is really visible. That's the key yep. thing. Where you shouldn't have to squint and figure out what it is. Yeah. Um. I mean, and th that's the one problem. I think El Septimo had a little. That bands just don't aren't conducive to that. Yeah. Um. But you know, I remember it was um. When LeBron James won the championship, 
in 2017. He was smoking this cigar called Y.O. Uh, it was called Yaxel Ortiz. And I actually happened to know of that cigar. So I was able to recognize it right away. It's a small, like, basically house brand that was doing some distribution out of Ohio that he got his hands on. And that little company got a lot of notoriety. I remember when I, when I actually put the review out on that cigar, it got a ton of hits. Like, just because it was LeBron James's celebratory cigar. So, and but that was really clear. You could see the Y.O. and it was very clear yeah. what that band was. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, Both and colors, I, big letters. Yeah, yep. and, and I feel like I'm not. I know I'm not the only one. I'm sure this has been happened to you guys too, where you see someone on TV smoking, and you're just like, "Oh, what? What is that? What is it? What band is that?" Yeah. Of course. Because um, well, after every after every championship, you always see a thousand, uh, you know, Facebook posts of you know the guy covering the band, holding it, and everyone's like, oh, "Do you know what he's smoking? Do you know what he's smoking?" You know, yeah, a hundred posts and, like those always. I get, and I get a I get a ton of messages. Like, what is it? I'm like, DMs hey, like, covering hey, it up, my man. Yeah, it's, come on, guys. <laughs> Yeah. Now you're, but but to your original point, Coop. Um, you know, although it sucks, like you said, although it sucks that someone kind of gets a suspension due to something we all really enjoy, like you said, it's it's the rule. You know, it could have been easily avoided. Um, yep. Yeah, it, it could have been easily avoided. You just ask, "Hey, are we are we allowed to do that? Yes or no?" Yeah. Yeah. And then, but that's you know, it. yeah. Look, when we go to our trade show every uh, year at um. The Venetian, there's some pretty strict smoking rules uh, when you leave the convention floor. So we have to abide by those. We don't like them. I get it. We don't like them, but we have to abide by them. Yeah, it's true. And, and there are consequences if you don't. So, yeah, like getting kicked out of the trade show and, you know, a waste of all the money you spent to go there. Yeah, yeah. So we just, you know, like I said, we don't need that type. That's the attention. That's the last attention the cigar industry needs. Uh, unfortunately, that story, I think, was a little bit of a, uh, you know, it, it, I don't want to say it, it was a black mark on the cigar industry, but it certainly wasn't a, a, a positive mark when that story came out. No, definitely not. David says, I've seen Tom Selleck smoke Don Carlos on Blue Buds, and that's true. That's true. Um, I, I've, I've seen I've you seen know, the clip. I, yeah, I've seen it too. And did again, you get the I'm, did yeah. you get the clip in on your phone? Did you get it too? Because I remember I got it from Carlito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. it's funny because I'm like, yeah, I remember watching that. And I think on the show, like, the label's not on the lid, but it's it's yeah. that red box and it's the shape. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you see him in there. And then it's also on yeah. the black. Uh, not those. I don't think it's the sharks, but it's still. I can't remember what it was. Oh no, it's Hemingway's on the the blacklist with James Spader. I don't I don't watch yeah. the show, but I've seen that clip where like they go into someone's office and they look in this humidor and he's like, "Oh, Hemingway's," and blah 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 blah, and then they go off and they do something else. Um, so yeah, but but again, like more of that, like more of that, like on TV shows where like there's actually a little bit of attention to the cigars too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think is great, you know, and I think this, I think that every time that happens. I like to think that there's a small percentage of non-smokers who go, hmm, and just think about it a little bit and try it. And if even a few percentage of those people start to become cigar smokers, I think it's a win for the industry. And you know, we need absolutely, more. We, we need more absolutely, of that yeah, we absolutely, need more of that it's positive. Uh, yeah. So you know, like I said, I don't like it. I used to be one of the guys who would smoke in front of the non-smoking sign. I don't do it. Doesn't mean I'm I'm. Uh, I'm, you know, this, you know, it's, it still means I think it's a stupid rule, and I think these things need to be changed. But 
it, it is what it is, you know. So we have a we have a question here. It's a little off topic, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up, I guess, because it's here, and I like to respect everyone's questions and try to answer them. Boil at your own risk. Are we better off storing at 70 to 73 degrees? I walk into a lot of humidors by me. Their sticks look ready to smoke at those temps. Um, in terms of temp, uh, Coop, I don't know if you want to chime um, in here first, and then I'll kind of circle back around you. I usually don't go above 70. Right. So I tend to keep 67 to 70. Uh, depending, you know, in the winter, I'll go closer to 70. In the summer, I'll go closer to 67. Um, and uh, I think 73, at least where I live, is a little too high. So a lot you want to go is, you know, how humid an area you're in to determine it. 70 is safe, but like I said, if it's in a humid area, you may want to go a little further down sometimes. And, uh, you know, I've seen differences. This week I'd be a little careful. Because I said I tend to smoke it with a lower humidity. But, you know, there's one cigar I actually have coming up for review that I think really performed bad under lower humidity. And it's getting another review uh, at the 70 level. And I saw a big difference with it. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have gonna... that coming up. I'm going to agree with you on that one. I think 70 to 73 is a little high. Um, I personally, I try to keep mine um, 68 or lower, um, including my humidity. I try to. I, I, I don't like to go anything on either humidity or temp. I know. I know the question was about humidity, but just for the sake of the conversation, I try to keep them both under 70. Um, you know, but I, you know. I don't like I don't because that's just my preference. That's how I like my cigars to smoke. That's the the right amount that I like to have them at. That I most yeah. of them pretty perform well at for me. That I enjoy. Um, but you know, again, I guess you know, there's there's it's it's preference really. At the end of the day, ultimately, it is preference. Um, but I think as an industry standard, I think that's a little high. Well, yeah. the other the other problem when you get up towards seventy three, you got to watch yourself for mold and and beetles. Correct. So that's where you got to be a little careful, which es is why I tend to be a little more especially if you have a high humidity content. So if you have a lot of moisture and you have a high temp, you know it's easier for that mold, the spores yeah. to begin and to grow. Which you don't want that either, because you know then you yeah. just you know you're wasting. I, I also tend to keep the humidity and the temperature very similar. So Me too. I do have a I, Me too. I have a thermostat in my one of, in two of the humidors upstairs. So. So I do that as well, you know, and I can, for example, I've kept cigars at like optimum humidity down here in the studio, but I will tell you when it gets cold in here, it will do a number on your cigars. Oh you yeah. You can't leave them overnight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, being up in Boston, you know, we have a beautiful mix of all of the extreme temperatures and humidities, right? You know, we have freezing cold and extremely dry winters, and then yeah. we have these extremely hot and blissful humidity summers. Um, and then in, the, in between in the spring and the fall, it's kind of, you know, in the middle there. Um, but, you know, you're going from like an extreme to another extreme. A little bit of a break in between, although our springs and our falls are kind of bleeding into just, you know, a very short, in the last couple of years, a very short transition from summer to winter. Um it feels like it's hot, 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 then it's cold, 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 and then it's cold, 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 and then it's hot, hot, hot. And so we kind of go from dry to moist, just like that. We, and so it's – We have <laughs> – yeah. Like, I'll, I'll just tell you, Matt, right now the weather here is 46 degrees. It's raining, so it's very high humidity, 95%. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, which is really it's kind of a nutty weather we're having like this time of the year. Uh, and that's we're, just where we're yeah. at forty one. We're not too far behind you. No, we uh, yeah, we've had uh, we've had like really like for the past three days we've had storms coming through here. So, wow. So uh, yeah, it's been like some heavy rains we've had. Wow. Um, yeah, we had we had some rain up here this past week. It, it's the springtime, you know. April showers they bring May flowers. Isn't that the old, old saying? Yep. Um, yep. But it's still summer's on the way, so I'm, I'm getting excited. Yeah. Although it's it's still uh, it's still cold up there in Canada. I mean, what do they see like one month of summer? Yeah. <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily here it's. Uh, this, I live in the warmest part of Canada, you know, beautiful British Columbia. So that's right. Uh, it's actually literally the exact same as you guys right now. It's 42 degrees Fahrenheit, which is around what six or seven degrees Celsius. And uh, yeah, it's been raining for the last four days. Wow. And yeah, yeah, it's we, uh, yeah, it's crazy. We're gonna be, <laughs> we're gonna be, we're gonna be clearing out overnight. It's supposed to be really nice tomorrow. So yeah, nice Easter. I but, think it's gonna be nice for us too. To go yep. on that question, I pretty much go 68, 68 or lower. I don't ever really creep up to 70 personally. Yeah. That's just uh, I'll go as low as 64 on humidity and 65 on temp, um, but uh, not for too long. I like to keep it, yeah, between 65 to 68 in both yep. temp and, and humidity. Great question, by the way. Thank you um, yep. to who, who yeah. sent yeah. that in. You know, I always tell people that's never a bad question to ask. Uh, we can always be reminded of it. Doesn't hurt to just kind of check, you know, checkpoint with each other on that from time to time. And like I said, a lot of it's personally about where you live. Again, here raining a lot, very humid. I like to keep mine a few points lower than other places where, you know, it's super dry. You might need a bit more. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so last week was it last week or the week before? Uh, no, it was. It had to have been last week because it was after our last show. So I don't think we brought this up yet. So, on our last show, did we talk about PCA moving the trade show? Yes. Okay. So what we didn't talk about was since then, we have another big story about the PCA that has come up, and that is that STG, one of the four, has returned to the trade show. Um, definitely gonna bring that up tonight. Uh, it's what we've been talking about for the last few years. This is before this show even started. Well, the big four not being at the trade show, and now one is. So, uh, STG and the PCA formally announced that STG will be back at PCA this year, and it sounds like they... It, well, they were there last year. Well... <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, Coop. Here we go. This is, this is what Coop wants to do, okay. technicality. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just, I'm just yeah. giving you a hard time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, no, no. I mean, I th they will be back at the trade show. Um, <clears throat> yes, to Coop's credit, all, all four of them were there, and I used air quotes for those who were listening who can't see. Um, they were there last year. Um, and and there's, there's reasons for that, but they, they didn't exhibit, right? So... Let me be more specific for Coop's sake. Yes, I yes I did. ST yeah, that's the thing is Coop's Coop's right. They did have general cigar products on the floor. Yeah, yeah they did. They had Falcon Pilot. It wasn't even a Ford's product. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, that was I, I know. Okay. What, yeah, I know. I'm, I keep it the you, Matt. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> officially, they will be there as forged in a forged booth. I don't know how much more specific I can get. 
um, <laughs> with yeah, so all of the Forge like, products on display and I think what was supposed to be the Alec Bradley booth. But they are officially going to be there yeah, with the yeah. Forge team with all of the Forge brands, but not their other brands like Macanudo, Cohiba. Um, it sounds to me like those won't be there. It's mostly just the Forge brands, and it will be a Forged booth, not a general booth. It'll be just they are going to be there as Forged Cigar Company only. Um, yes, they were in attendance last year. They acquired Room 101 right before the trade show. Justin yeah. Andrews and a few others were there in Matt's booth. They also showcased Los Santos Deluxe and Sancho Panza, which are not Room 101 products. However, I think the reason why those were displayed was because General decided that they were sending people because they weren't going to pull out at the last minute. Matt had already paid to go, and they figured, hey, let's highlight some products at the trade show that uh, Matt also worked on as well. So there we go. There is my whole response to Coop. Well, they, and that's true. <laughs> that is correct. They did. They did. It was um, – and, and to be honest, I don't – you know, I'm wondering if they will display some general product. I'm going to guess no um, because it's the Ford sales team that's going to be there this year. So I don't think they're going to saddle the Ford sales team with general products. So I, I, I'm going right. to take the approach. I don't think general is going to be – to, uh, have a presence at this. I think I think it's an important show for Fords. They haven't had a trade show since they formed. Right, and I remember, you know, speaking to um, a few of the guys at TPE, um, you know, it was presented to me like, look, I mean, we pulled out of the trade show. It's a lot of money to go to PCA. Uh, at the same time, you know, we were getting Forge started, getting a sales team built and all this, and all the money and resources that we put into that. And, you know, they've been you know, doing that for a few years. Obviously, they've acquired two brands to add to that portfolio in that time. Um, I think this is a good time. Uh, I think this is a good time to have them back. We were, we were hoping that they would be back eventually, but um, I think everyone was, I don't want to say, like, completely shocked, but I think it, there was a surprise, like, oh, shit, like, they're going to be back this year. Um, but, uh, but to add to Coop, to your point, I think, yeah, I think it's great because they have Forge kind of, you know, where it needs to be now, it's set up, it's established, it's running. They have new brands to showcase. They can now come to a trade show and be like, hey, this is Forge Cigar Company, and this is who we are and what we have, and it's going to be a nice focus on just them and not the general products that are outside of the Forged uh, portfolio. Yeah, I think, it's a, I, think it's a, I think this is a very good thing. Uh, I said the long winter is over, so, I mean – it, they're officially coming back. They've said they're coming back. I've heard some spins put on this story that um, it was only being done because they had to use the Alec Bradley booth. I'm not necessarily buying that. They did make go out of their way to make a statement. That's a good with point. The PCA on this. Yeah, they went out of their way to make a statement with the PCA. And uh, I, yes, they're not guaranteed for next year, but I don't. I think any company is probably going to take it on a year-to-year basis at this point. So um, I think this is an extremely good thing. And I, th uh, well, yeah, I, I think, yeah. sorry, just to add to what you said. No, you're said, good. I just was just to, stumbling, just, so well, that's good. Well, just to add to what you just said there, I'm pretty sure I heard Jay Davis, who's usually in the comments with us, but he's not here tonight. Maybe he'll chime in. But um, I thought I heard Jay Davis make a kind of a comment like oh and th that's like when that was announced like oh that was another reason for moving the trade show and i think that when pca announced that hey like we're gonna move it to earlier in the year like everyone's been asking for 
um, that might have also been something that some of the four, if not all of the four, you know, were like, hey, like we don't, we don't like going out there in July. Like, we're not going to go. Fuck that. And now that they see PCA has made that commitment, like, hey, like we're going to move it. We're trying to, we're trying to, you know, help everyone out and, and listen to concerns. And it's like, oh, okay, well, hey, you know what? Let, let's head back this year. Alec Bradley's got the booth there. And then next year, you know, hey, maybe we, if we have a good show, maybe we come back again. It's going to be earlier in the year, whatever. Uh, so it sounds like maybe that contributed as well. Like, hey, yeah. the the timing oh. of the trade show. Yeah, Reed just actually said it in the press release that he was, you know, I guess that was a, that was a contributed reason. I'm sure there yeah. were other reasons going on with that, but uh, the fact he did say that, um, and in good faith, they're coming this year uh, to the trade show. So, uh, you know, I have, you know, you, you guys know my opinion on it. I haven't been as positive as everyone else has been. But you can't deny that, there were, like I, I've said it a, a lot, you can't deny people wanted that trade show out of July. Not just from a retail, but from a manufacturing standpoint. And here's a good example. Um, what maybe why I'm wrong? I, you know, so so um, so you know, power. You know, good job, good job here is what I'll say. And, and maybe it's maybe it's not like the the date move. Maybe it's not a big of a deal as sometimes we make these things out to be. Like like you said, like. But uh, yeah, I think there is positive things already coming out of the move, and. Uh, yeah, it's S STG. STG is uh, is the first one back, and I think we're going to see follow suit of other other people, whether it's this year or next year. Um, my my prediction, I think you know we see STG this year, and provided you know that they're in for multiple years. Um, especially if they have a good show this year, and they're like, all right, like you know we're, we're going to come back. I mean, this was good, and you know. We like the earlier time of the year, and you know we we see some changes being made. There's been some leadership changes. I know Scott Pierce mentioned that recently that you know some of them uh, wanted some changes in the leadership and whatever, and some of that sh some of those changes have been made, and those people have had some time to show what they can do. I think that's like Coop said. This is several reasons why yeah. it wasn't any one reason. It was several reasons, and I think a lot of those things I think have changed at this point, and I think general was in a great spot to say, let's jump back in. I think them jumping back in and they have a good show. They come back for 24 and, you know, they're like, you know, hey, we're in. I think you'll see Altadis follow suit and be like, well, you know what? Like, let's maybe, let's foyer back in. I think eventually maybe you see Drew Estate come back in. What I don't see coming back is Davidoff. I don't see Davidoff coming back to the trade show. If they do, it'll be a long way away and they'll definitely be the last. That's my prediction. Um... You look at what I think Davidoff, if they come back, would be with Avo and Camacho. If they, if that, but They're I agree, they'll be last. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you let's go back three years ago for a second with the PCA. And this was a state of the PCA about about three years ago. They were coming off an absolute abomination of a bad trade show in 2019. They had the pandemic hit that caused the cancellation of the 2020 trade show. They had the Big Four withdraw. They had the furlough the whole staff. Look, they have done a great job at, at just kind of climbing out of that hole. And, you know, there were people wondering if the PCA trade show was even going to be going on anymore. I mean, you remember those talks, Matt. It was it was doom and gloom. The PCA appeared to be done. Like, you know, it especially was, when the staff got from. Yeah, and it was scary. credit to Scott Pierce, Greg Zimmerman, the board, they have done a tremendous job. Um, and I might, not, like I said, I might not agree with every decision. I don't have – that's not necessarily – I can't expect to agree with every decision they make, 
But let me tell you something. They deserve a lot of credit, um, and, and, and they all deserve credit. They've done a, a fantastic job. I never thought in three years would they get to this point. So great job there. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Coop's and as, right. as Matt said, um, you know, Scott Pierce was just recently interviewed on Dojo, and he himself mentioned, again, this was him not confirming. He mentioned that he is in continuous talk with all of the big four mm-hmm. and that based off of the feelings and just the average talking they're having, he thinks there's a good chance of three out of the big four being back next year. Again, there was no – he said – this is 100% speculation. Yeah, I would agree but, with that. But based off of what he said, it sounds like there's a very good chance that two or three may be back next year. And you know what? Um, Matt, we we actually kind of <laughs> mentioned this. Uh, Hoya de Nicaragua has a booth. And yeah, that's, they're ba- they're that's, that's true, too. And that was Drew Estate... In- may you know they could make some form of decision to possibly bring in some product there in a small capacity i doubt, I I doubt they will i yeah. doubt they will i doubt they will too but, but i'm I, just but saying mitchell's right we me and mitchell were um having a team meeting and looking at the show floor together and i happened to see that i go hey look at that right there hoya de nicaragua and i really piqued my interest i go huh so they're gonna be at pca because yeah, uh, Juan, Juan Martinez actually confirmed it with me when I saw him at uh, the Great Smoke. So he told me uh, point blank they were coming back this year. They were very excited to come back. It's gonna be, he said, it's gonna be much smaller scale than they, they were used to at Drew State. But yeah. um, you know, I think it was an important move for Hoya to come back. It's a big anniversary year for them, and you know, I think they, uh, you know, the oldest factory in Nicaragua. They should, they should be there, and you know, um, I don't think it affects anything with the relationship with Drew State. Um, but, you know, Koya's entitled to come. You know, look, Ferner Tegel goes to the trade show without Davidoff. So, it, it, you know, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's still exciting to see Hoya's name on the. It's like, oh, wow, this is great. You know, it, you know, to see them. I mean, granted, you know, it Hoya really is. It's a bigger than Ferner Tego. So it's like, wow, that's that's pretty big. Good, good, good people, too, at the Hoya team. Um, I've really gotten to know the Hoya team over the last few months. Uh, and there's really good people there, so they've been putting some new staff in as well. So um, I'm, it, it's great that they're going to be there. They make some great cigars. They really do. Yeah. yeah. My favorite really thing excited. that they make is the Numero Uno. I, I I love that collection. I mean, all the sizes are great. Um, love the blend. Yeah. Uh, those are great. Those are some, some great cigars. Um, yeah. Excited to see them at the trade show. Uh, is there anyone yes. else? Now I remember last year. I believe. And Coop, we talked about this because I think it happened last yep. minute. If I were, did AJ Fernandez was not at the trade show last year, right? He is not at the trade show, and from like I said, I've been doing the big board, which is based off the PCA floor point. I've not seen them on there yet, so I don't have him as a no, but I just have him as an, you know, it's not committed. But he was a no last year, though, right? He was a no. Last I don't remember year. him being there. Yeah, I I firmly believe that that's going to be tied to the Altidus decision. I, I can't see him not being there if Altidus is not there, but um, but yeah, they're they're they uh they were not there last year and they were missed. I gotta be honest, they were missed. Um, it's always a fun to cover the AJ booze. Uh, we you know we interviewed AJ a couple of years ago. It was great. So that was the first time we had an opportunity to do that. So um, I, I'm I'm hoping that they they end up we see them come up on the list at some point. Absolutely, yeah. Me too. 
a lot of the same reasons. Um, we we have a question here from Kevin O'Connor. What are the reasons why some of the larger companies don't participate in the PCA? Well, this is a very good question, um, and it's something that's been talked about a lot. But um, I, th I think it just comes down to the overall business practices that the entire big four encompass is a larger thing than just premium cigars. And they felt that at the time, premium, the PCA wasn't aligning with their total business plan. At least that's from my Mitchell. Mitchell, Mitchell gave a very diplomatic answer to money. And it's Coop money. gave a very a literal money. answer of money. <laughs> <laughs> but it's money. There, there were... There were a lot of issues. Um, this cost, it was ROI. I think a lot was doing with the the whole thing on um, flavors. I think played into that with some yes. of those. That that was a significant uh, part of it too. That the PCA the, wasn't the, showing enough support on those products that those big four manufacturers the, do a lot of business in. The board, the board was an issue. They yep. only had uh, that's another issue. They only had really one seat on the board. They've expanded that. It's not you know. So I think yep. they made Representation. some concessions in that area. There's more representation on there. Yep. So, uh, you know, I think I I think the time of the year was, I don't think that was as big an issue. But you know, they were coming off a bad, they were coming off that bad trade show in 2019. I mean, it, you you yeah. guys weren't, I don't know, if, you guys weren't at 2019. That nope. was such a bad trade show. I mean, look, I got the PCA pissed at me when I wrote about that. Okay, it was it was an embarrassment to our industry that year, um, and. Uh, so that was, you know, coming out of that, this show was dead for the last two days. I mean, you know, you, we've seen drop-offs. I'm telling you, that was a ghost town the last couple of days of that 2019 show. So, um, you know, they, they had – but give credit. They made they made changes. They made fixes. They, they're doing things to improve the trade show itself. Um, I, I can't say enough what they're doing. So Rome isn't built in the day, guys, but you got to be positive um, – you know, I've not. You know, gotta be positive on this PCA right now. They, they, I have a lot of confidence in, in, in who's leading that right now. It's a upward trajectory from from that time for sure. I hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I, I can't agree yeah. more. It's it's been awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, especially you know, even again, twenty twenty one was Matt. That was your first media going right. Yes. They planned that show in a hundred days. They did. Give yeah. them a, that was much better than the two thousand nineteen show. That they had a whole year to plan, okay? There was just so much they did. Um, and, and and we knew coming out of 2021 that 2022 was going to be good. And, you know, I, I I didn't hear a lot of complaints. Unless you're a guy like Riste from JSK who's going to complain about everything. But most part, I didn't hear a lot of complaints. It was hard to, like, really knock the PCA last year on anything. I, I knocked them on one thing last year. It was a COVID thing. But that was it. Um, but I didn't think that was a terrible thing either. At the end of the day, it was just a logistical problem. You know. It was. It, it, it's a philosophical thing more, yeah, too. On exactly. But, but, okay, but you know what? Again, Mitchell, you were there. I mean, was that your first show? Yep. yep. I mean, so, Mitchell, you, for example, you were you were working the United booths, right? I was helping them out. Yeah. yeah. You guys were busy that last afternoon, like that last those last four hours. You guys were busy. I know you that were busy. Last, I had to hand Oliver, that last day was hand crazy. Oliver's award while he was talking to a customer. Yeah. So, yeah, that last that last day was crazy for them. They had yeah, big names so, in their booth. There was yeah, a lot of yeah. foot traffic, and you know, yeah. I think people had heard about that booth throughout the trade show, and were literally just coming by to look at it, like from yeah, other brands, was, other companies, and they were doing business. The yeah, selected booth. So, yeah, selected, the selected yeah. booth. Yeah. 
Yep. So, you know, and they were adjacent with United, pretty much. So, yeah. you know, Matt, we were there We were there the first hours, so it was kind of quiet when we got there, but it, it started popping after that. Well, going and, going uh, into that trade show, you and I had talked about this so many times. We, we were like, there's four people we got to get in and get out right away so we can be done for the rest of the show, and United was at the top of that list. And I, I think it was me who was in there, and then right after me it was you, and then, like, we were, we were done for the rest of the trade yeah. show. And, look, they came out with a product at that trade show. Alfonso, your number one cigar of the year. That's right. It's gonna be on. It, I'm telling you, it's gonna be on my list very high this year. When the, I haven't put the review out yet, but yeah. But uh, but it, I'm not in a rush. I have a few months to do it. But has the review uh, yeah. been completed? So, Just curious. It's very good. Yes, mm. I have two reviews complete because I've reviewed two sizes. Really? Oh wow! Yeah, it's a very good cigar. Look, that was a number one cigar in Half Wheel. Yeah. Um, it was. It showed up on several lists. So uh, your list, obviously, number one. Uh, no one could really argue that. Uh, number one. No one could argue it. No, it was no. great. Yeah, it was. It was so. So they lived up. They didn't just have. They lived up to it. Is what I'm saying. Coming out of that booth. What's interesting to me is we saw that last year. I think this year we're going to see the Nelson collection, or at least that's what we were told. We were. Hopefully, going to see this year. We may. I don't know if they're going to push it or not. It, I mean, Oliver yeah, I seemed know. a little hesitant. Oliver, when I interviewed him in December, didn't seem like that decision was made yet. Oh, okay. Um, but you don't know. I mean, I think it'll be a showcase, but maybe I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, I think you know it's a different product than Alfonso. So, yep. Which I, I love the packaging if, on that Nelson too. If they have like. If they give, I think they might give the Alfonso some room to breathe, and I don't know if they have other Vitolas coming out in, in their current lines, but um, yeah, they might just give the Alfonso, especially after all the accolades they got through this last year, um, just some time to breathe and just really, you know, work yeah. in the market. And they have another Alfonso line also in the in the, in the pipeline. They did. They were actually showing go. up. There was a se- there was a second Alfonso line. I don't think we'll see that second Alfonso line. I was, I think something will be released this year from from Selected. They have, you know, I think you, you know, but what it is, whether it's a line extension or what a Nelson, I don't know. Um, that's true. I was just gonna say there's there's another Alfonso. So the Alfonso yeah. that is out now. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Long day. Um. You know, it has that white and the beautiful white and blue band box. There's another Alfonso, different blend with a darker wrapper. It features black and red packaging and a black yeah. and red mm-hmm. band. And I do, um, I actually have renderings of it, not with me, but I have them Grand somewhere. Selection. There's a Grand um, Selection. Correct. <coughs> Coop's right. Yep. Um, and uh, we're excited for whenever that does come out. It seems as though there's something already built and prepared for it. Yeah. Um, but when we actually see it on the market, we don't know. Uh, Nelson yeah. is definitely more more mysterious than other cigar makers, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, even the Atabe humidor didn't come out that last year. Right. I mean, that big Atabe humidor. The black um, one. The black one. I mean, so that's something we may see this year. They were just, they couldn't you know, wait to show that off. That was uh, beautiful. It was, yeah, it dropped some more Byron humidors this year, though, I think, right? Yeah, they went. I think again. I think they probably you don't want to compete with the Byron humidors, which they did exactly. as well, um, which were really really uh, beautiful as well. So um, David, Cummings, yeah, so, who, 
Sorry, not to cha not to co off course a little bit, but I just got interested. David comment a little off topic. I wish either Matt or Coop would have an in depth interview with AJ or Don Papine. Um, tough to get them to do Very an interview. Tough. I I have interviewed Papine. It's a written interview on Coop from like 2014. So I have they did not want to do a video. Well, I couldn't do a video. I didn't have a translator that was because yeah, I don't think Papine speaks. I was gonna say yeah. I had a translator, but that, it wasn't the it wasn't yeah. Uh, it was Jose Ortega who's good, but I think they wanted to have a better translator. Yep. Um, but but I did do a, a written interview with him uh, that's on Coop. I'll try to throw that on the comments. Absolutely. But yeah. And I believe um, AJ's tough to get. Papine's tough to get. But yeah, Papine. I mean, he he doesn't speak any English, so you'd have to have a translator. And um, so, but it's definitely it's definitely on the list, David. I mean, we'll. Uh, it, it's something that we definitely want to do. So. As soon as one of us is able to do that, we'll and you know, Coop has a written interview, like you said. But yeah. if there's a more if there's a more video or audio uh, format to that, well, well, we will definitely. Let I mean, we love. Know. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't do a lot of period. I mean, we haven't even gotten him on things like uh, KMA or anything like that. So uh, right, right. Um, we've tried. Uh, I know Jose hasn't even gotten him on Meet the Professor. So yeah. Uh, That's yeah, true. but you never know. Um, you never know. Um, uh, it's funny. I so I uh, I missed. I actually missed KMA today because uh, I I had a late start to my day and I just I didn't have quite enough time to get to it yet. Uh, but how how did KMA go today? I know today was going it was to be good. It was it was good. Show. It was good. It was good. They you had uh, they had Fake Allen on. Um, <laughs> and they took it easy on him. I mean, he, he was a good sport coming on, and that was a whole gag they were playing on him. Um, but uh, you know, it was a good show. We had we had some fun on it today. Yeah, uh, we didn't have a guest or anything. Uh, you know, we talked uh talked about a bunch of stuff, but nothing like I'd say industry wise that that would really uh break anything. Yeah, well, I knew they were doing the thing with Alan, so I was just curious, but. Um, you know, I, 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 he was a good sport on that thing is what I'm saying. I, I, you know, he, he came on and he didn't have to. So uh, he was a good sport. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but you know, it's, that's, you know, look, <laughs> I'm just, it's not my, they have that thing, you know, my style's a little different is what I'm just saying. So, but it, it's, you know, it, you know, I didn't want it, but he came on. So it was, it was fun. That's good. That's good. Yeah, Kimmy is um, always a fun, fun show. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they do a great. I mean, they do. It's fun working with those guys. You know, now, now I am a regular on that show. I haven't really announced that, but I've been a regular now for a few, couple months now. A full time. So, regular. Uh, full time. Yeah. Not, yeah. When they not, went, not when they went to, w yeah, when they went to the non-interview format, um, it made a little more sense for me to be full time. With the interview format, it's tough because I'm, I'm interviewing the same people sometimes. So. When that happened, it made a little more sense uh, at this point. They asked me to come on, and I was I was glad to do it. it. It's much more of a roundtable discussion now. Like interview format, it's always hard to get in every person's point of view, and they already have yeah. Abe, Alex, yeah. and I, I don't know what's yeah. Crocco on today. He hasn't been on in a few yeah. weeks, but yeah, he was on finally. Oh, well, uh, there you go. Of, there was a lot of ball busting on him he, today. He wasn't in Disneyland 40th. today or anything. <laughs> no, but he's going to Disney for his fortieth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, but he's uh, he's yeah, he's a uh, no, he's and a good. Paul's a good guy. But that's also cool. That's Paul's also great. another reason why we don't really have guests on this show because this is really not an interview show. This is more we of a... we 
Right. We don't want, you know, look, you have, you have your show, I have my show, and we don't want, we don't want to bastardize those shows. Right. So and, and it's, the, the, uh, the it, format of the show is different than those. It's more free. It's more free form. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Open discussion. Yeah. Um, so e- even, even the show I do a bear, we're careful with trying not to cross the lanes with that. So you see, you know, mm-hmm. that. yeah. Yep. Uh, or even when you have uh, Loomis on, you know, on because you know, yeah, well, we, we we try to be really yeah. careful and you know. Um, Usually, you know, but we 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 figured a way to get it to work, and it works. We do Bear Show. We do some interviews, but we don't. It's mostly non-interview that show. We did a lot of interviews during the pandemic. That was when it filled up, but because everyone wanted a spot on a show. Yeah. The um, we have a we have a comment from David Coop. You need to take over for Paul. Uh, oh man, absolutely not. Absolutely. Yeah, not. I was like, I don't think he wants to do all the <laughs> the extra. Uh, that would be work more work. Tell me more. Hey, you mentioned bears name and bears here. Love me some spare pots. Look at that. <laughs> bears here. Bear, thanks bear for being came here up, with us tonight. Bear came up on jukebox today. Just you know, uh, Dave Burke wore a Red Sox hat in honor of Bear. Nice, so, nice. He, felt, he feels bad for what Bear's going through with the Red Sox. So, yeah, Bear and I are in that in that boat together. Yeah, yep. But, um. Luckily, we have one of the best hockey teams of all time right now. Well, so you we... got to get to the playoffs. You got to get through the playoffs now. Yep. I didn't say uh, anything look, about the playoffs. Break... I'm just saying we have a good team right now. Yeah, that 60 win thing has not been kind to a lot of people. Uh, you, you guys got first of all, you guys have a great coach in Montgomery. He is. Yeah, what yeah. a hire that was! I said when you guys got him, I knew you guys were going to be in the stratosphere. Oh, yeah. uh, he had his problems down. In, he had some personal problems down in Dallas. Uh, I think all those he'd still be coaching that team. But Jim Montgomery right. is absolutely the Jack Adams uh, coach of the year in my book. What a job he's done. Playoffs? You want to talk about playoffs? Uh, yeah, Bear. Playoffs. We. Uh, yeah. It's a long road. It's a long road. I love um, me some Monty. Yeah, I love Monty. Though. <laughs> he's good. I really like Montgomery. I wish we could have got him for the Flyers. I mean, you guys got Tortella. He, he he's in... he's done a good job this year. What not bad. With? No, we fired the president of the team. So, and I think that there's a new CEO, and I think the new CEO actually sounds like he gives a shit. So, we have some hope. I really think that the team will. You know, I I feel more confident coming out the next year. Toro did a good job this year for us. He really did. But what he had to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and next year's always another year too. We could see. You know, I think yep. Philly. They have some. They have some potential yeah. over the next yeah. couple of years. Yeah, I mean, we'll. Uh, the other thing I'll just say is I know we're going to be getting into. Uh, is it Torella? You know, t- hockey... What's his last name? I always Tor- get it wrong. Uh, Tortorella. He won Tortorella. a Stanley Cup. That's what it is. He's won, a, he's won a Stanley Cup, so he's he's you know. Didn't he win it definitely... with Tampa? Who did he win that with? He won it with Tampa. Yeah, Tampa. Because I thought he was down in yeah. Tampa. Yeah. Um, I actually have a game on in the background. Uh, the, the NCAA hockey championships on tonight, and University of Minnesota is up two to one. Hold on, and, Coop. Hold on, Coop. I, I have to. I have to address this with Dan. Y'all sounding like Cowboys fans with early year playoff talk. Hey, Dan. The difference here in New England is that we actually go to the playoffs, and a lot of times we actually win it. So, yeah. just saying. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I want. I want to make a. I want to make a positive comment on the Bruins. Do you remember the 2013? It was the 13 Stanley Cup with the Blackhawks. Yes, and they lost, and they lost. Uh, Chicago won it in Boston, and let me tell you, the fans couldn't have been. More, that was such great sportsmanship out of the Boston fans. 
congratulating the Blackhawks. Um, you know, I think you guys deserve a lot of credit. You know, people, we hear a lot, a lot about bad sportsmanship and all that from fans. That was a model for how you, you, you celebrate. And Boston played a great series. They lost 4-2, to two, but they played their hearts out in that series. Yeah, and you know what? I'll be honest with you. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, you know, it's no secret. All the four major sports leagues, um, basketball, hockey, football, baseball, um, in a long period of time, you know, going back to 60s, 50s, about maybe not that far, but, you know, definitely 60s, 70s and onward, um, you know, you had the the Celtics dynasty era, the you know, the Bird, the Magic and Larry era, you know, the Brady era, um, the Bobby Orr era, like all the different eras and like somewhat recent memory, right, uh, to now. Uh, th- there's been a lot of opposing players and teams and our own players and teams over the years who have publicly said, yeah, playing in Boston is one of the worst places to play. Um, we do have a very, um, what's the right word? Um, we have a very low tolerant fan base, even for it's our own players. The, the, the whole Northeast is like that. New York and Philly. New York the is way. the same way. Yes. It, so, it, yeah, it, yeah. So I think what you just said does say a lot because I mean, we are not afraid to boo our own players, let alone a visiting player. Um, so to congratulate a team to beat us in the garden, yeah, I mean, I think that does yeah. say a lot, you know? Yeah, and, and let's not forget, the last time Boston won the Stanley Cup, it was at the expense of our friend, yeah, but who was at the expense of our friend Mitchell? I was going to say, we, we, we decided was, to ransack our entire city after that loss. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, Mitchell. And, and that was a shame, but, you know, that was a good team. <laughs> oh. I, I, that was a tough one. That was a very good hockey bear, team. Bear, I think. was not, but I, I do, I, I do do my research. <laughs> Dude, I, I, we thought we thought the Sedins could bear, get it, but uh, yeah. they they couldn't they couldn't put it through. I, I, I'm old enough to watch Bird play at Indiana State, so. <laughs> Barry, I mean, Coop, you were old enough yeah. to remember when they formed the NHL. Um. Not quite, <laughs> but uh, I am. Uh, I, I think there were six teams when I was born, so. I'm pretty sure it was wow. just when they the expanded out of six. six. Yeah, the yeah, original so, six. Uh, yeah. So, you, um, all right, here's yeah. a little bit of hockey trivia. Who were the original six teams? Well, that's easy. Is it? I can name them. Is it? Yeah. All right, what is it? Mm-hmm. Boston Bruins, New York Rangers, Chicago Blackhawks, Detroit Red Wings, Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, because the Fly- Flyers were not an original 16, right? Flyers were an expansion team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 There the you fl- go. The Flyers is always the one that I go, wait. And then I go, yeah, that's right. They weren't. Now, there was some teams before that six, but that was before the NHL kind of organized. So the ones that kind of survived, what, what they were called the six, and those were the six. Yeah. Bear. Vancouver being rioted seems like such a bizarre concept to me. <laughs> it was weird, man. It was really it was weird. It was, sh- it was such a shame, too. I mean, and yeah, again, was... when that happens, unfortunately, it's a few people that screw, screw it up for yeah. everybody. Um, yeah, it really was. Because now I'm old enough to remember when Vancouver won the, 
the NASL championship in soccer, and that was a big deal, Mitchell. There was like a there was almost a million people out for the parade yeah. for that thing in Vancouver. Big deal, and yeah. and so, you know, uh, it's been a long time since they've won. It's been a long okay. time since we won anything. Yeah, <laughs> it, it broke my city. heart. It broke it broke my heart because you, you guys knocked out the Cosmos, which were my team in soccer. Uh, sold out games in both Vancouver and New York. Seventy thousand at both stadiums. It was a big deal. They were playing at the old, uh, what was it? The old Empire Stadium they used to play at. <laughs> Vancouver. Yep. Uh, it's a, it's a tough city to be a pro sport team. We just, I don't know. We just don't. Well, you only really have, you only have, anything. you only have the Canucks, right? Because you don't. There's no other teams. We have. Right? Well, they have we the have Whitecaps. And Whitecaps. Yeah, but I mean, like, like our, like our sports. You don't have any of our teams, right? Like, you don't have a basketball. Oh, we used team to have there. a basketball team called uh, the, the Grizzlies. Yeah, they became the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, we used to have the Grizzlies back when I was a kid. And, um, and we have a pro was, lacrosse that was team. Bad ownership. Yeah, we have a pro lacrosse team. Uh, they're terrible. Uh, <laughs> I played lacrosse through my whole youth, and it's just, it's, I won't even go to games. It's just sad watching. Um, but, uh, but yeah. That's that's it. I don't think there's any, uh, I don't think there's any plan to bring any more basketball or baseball or anything. There, there's a there's actually a rumor that they might try to bring in a game for the uh, Mariners and Blue Jays into. Uh, That'd be a good, be a good idea. We have the Lions. The Lions are the other team you have. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess uh, yeah. In Canadian CFL, football, Lions. Yeah. yeah, they they've won actually a few things, so they're not they're not terrible. Yeah, I mean. No, they're uh, no, yeah. Anyway, um, sorry, not to just kind of jump right off, but we, yeah, we derailed that. <laughs> yeah. we, we 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 really derailed there, but I, I kind of want to get back on track here for a second. Sure. Uh, so one of the other things, and Coop, I I I, I believe this this uh, this discussion started on your show this week, and then a, a little bit mm-hmm. of this came up on the Dojo show last night. Uh-huh. Um, when Scott Pierce was on, there was some there was some commentary at the end of that show about uh, the media attending PCA, and Eric had suggested that maybe, you know, in a in an effort to deter uh, a lot of people from attending the show as media, um, that the PCA should charge them a significant uh, amount of money more. Um, to attend the trade show as a way to try to you know weed out some of the people and uh, to and and I know a lot of that was directed at um, influencers, but it also just by the way it was presented by Eric, it also sounded like maybe even some of the actual media who goes um, maybe maybe too much as well. And I was uh, going to ask you your opinion on that because I didn't catch the other show where I, I guess I think maybe that conversation was also had yeah so so let me give the the background of that conversation then i'll kind of give you my opinion on it because i already give you some of my opinion but i want to explain it okay um so one thing that came up on the show that i brought up and is i believe that there's several media people that will not be going to the trade show this year for 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 financial purposes i'm not going to name the people because that's not fair um but i'll say there's some of them are significant. I'm also hearing of several other media people considering not going in 2024 uh, for similar reasons. So when this came up, Eric kind of said, 
that's not necessarily a bad thing. And he goes, and then he kind of said, I'd, I'd like to see the media maybe charge more. Um, be, as exactly how you said that. I don't disagree with that, by the way. Um, I, I, I look, I wouldn't hit. Look, it's was it four fifty right now. I wouldn't raise us to twelve hundred dollars next year. I, I wouldn't do that. Right. I think that's but, a little excessive. But I do think, I do think there's some separating of the men from the boys that needs to happen. Um, I am not against paying a PCA due because it goes back to the trade association. Um, but the if let's say I did favor an increase, okay, and I'm all right. The only way I would say that is that the PCA absolutely enforces a rule that manufacturers cannot give badges out to people who are going around filming. I mean, that has to be a, a, a rule. I agree like with that. If you're, you have to wear a media badge if you're going to shoot video or sit down with a manufacturer in a, non, in a non-business capacity. So, so because if you, do, if you do what Eric says, you're going to create a bigger problem if you don't address that as a piece. Yeah. So, um, and I do think there's some issues going on right now financially that could be affecting several media brands. Uh, and it's not so much that they're doing bad. It's look, it's getting more expensive to go to the trade show. So sponsor money is becoming more important. There's only a limited amount of sponsor money right out there. So, um, I do think that's part of the problem that's going on. So, but I would say, no, it wouldn't be a deterrent. If you, if you raised it to a thousand dollars, right. Could you picture what would happen? You'd have like these booze that have like these booze get a, a ridiculous amount of badges, right? Right. Um, you would you would you would see all these people come in, and uh, you know, the problem is I see people who are hired as a booth photographer, and then they're off doing interviews and stuff like that. And the problem is they shouldn't be doing that, right? They shouldn't be. And on top of that, it's taking time away from us who are you know paying to go there and do this. So that that's that's the problem that I'm well, seeing right now. Well, yeah, because I mean, look, I mean, first of all, I think, I think you made a good point. You, you raise the price, then you just see more of those lower tier people who are normally getting in on media. You see more of them trying to get in on manufacturers' badges and people like Rocky Patel and others who have been known to hand out badges like they're going out of style. Um, well, well, so those people are still going to be there. The way I look at it is like yeah. you raise the prices. Those people are still going to be there. Your plan didn't work. And then the rest of us are just paying more money to go to the show for a fundamental reason that doesn't work. And like you said, I don't mind paying money to the PCA because of you know, what it does. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there is a cost. You know, there's, you know, there's a cost of that. There's a cost of, to fly there, stay there, all of that stuff. So it's like it, it just it just adds to the overall cost. So it's like, I don't believe that that is an effective strategy. Um, and to yeah. be honest with you, I think that's kind of a – a foolish idea, um, personally. Just throwing it out there in the universe. Foolish um, for what? Foolish for say, wait, foolish for what? Well, I just if if anyone had the idea that well we're gonna raise the prices to to try to separate the men from the boys and and and, and get and get less media to come to the show because you know, there's too much media out there or you know whether that is just the influencers or it includes you know you know even some actual media people. Um, I just I don't think that's the way to go about that because I don't see it working and all I do is seeing it just raising the cost for the rest of us who do spend the money to go there and do legitimate media coverage. But Matt, by your own admission, okay, one of the complaints you had a couple of years ago, okay, was someone shooting interviews on a cell phone. 
I agree, okay. but I don't think raising the prices dramatically is the way to solve that but, problem. But should those people? Yeah, but the question is because I just don't think that that's going to keep them out. I think they're still going to find a way to weasel themselves in. Which well, and that's what I mean. Said. You have to address you have to address the other problem first before you even entertain doing something like this. I do hear yeah. what you're saying, but there's limited amounts of time we get with these manufacturers too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. If you're showing up there and you don't have meteor on your on your lanyard, yeah. you shouldn't even. This should be a non-issue. Well, I agree with that. You'll never get. But the problem is the manufacturers will never cooperate. That's the other. Problem. But I just said that. I just said. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. If the idea is let's raise the prices astronomically, so that less people want to go. If you right. think that's going to keep, you know, maybe some of them out. But if you think that's going to keep the the people who we really don't want there. Um, for, for those reasons from going. They're going to still go. They're going to get in with manufacturers, and then the rest of us who still go to do what we do are just paying more money, which yeah. I don't think that that is the fundamental way to do it. I think there needs to just be a stricter vetting process, maybe an interview process. Uh, I think that the PCA needs to come down harder on the manufacturers. Like, hey, like, who are you giving the badges out to? Like, I just don't my, – my point is – that I don't think that just by raising the prices high to try to keep people out is the answer because I don't think it's going to work and I think it's just going to make it more expensive as to what you just said. It's already expensive to go to the trade show. So it's like we're going to yeah. make it higher for it to not do what you think it's going to do and then it's like, you know, it, it's just more expense. Uh, uh, I think the intention is good there from Eric. Yeah. But again, it was just, uh, it's just a, an idea at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, Dan's right. It, that, that's why I said you have to address this problem. Um, you have to address the problem. Um, and the other, and the, and the way you address it, it's not just giving out the badges. If you're showing up at a booth without a media attack, you should not be allowed to do the interview. I mean, that's 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 what it needs to be. And, um, you and, know, and it's going to be impossible adds, to enforce it. I get it. And Dan says it's not the manufacturers won't cooperate. We don't want random people talking shit when we say no. So basically, so what are they? So they talk so, shit about you one way or another. Yeah, yeah, they're going to talk opinion. shit one way or the other. So, so essentially, so essentially, what you're saying is you're going to have people in your booth because you're afraid that they're going to talk shit about the brand. That they're probably going to talk shit about one way or the other anyway. Yeah, that's uh, it, they'll find something else to complain about. Um, so, but you know, there are there are legitimate manufacturer badges that are handed out to people who work booths. Mitchell worked the booths last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Saka bring some people in who are, they're not employees of his company, but he's, and they work really hard. Uh, Chris does it from Hawaii. Stace, my buddy Stace from North Carolina did it for several years. Yep. Uh, Dan had it. Dan had someone in his booth that was working this year. Uh, so there are, and I'm not, these are not the people we're targeting is what I'm saying. It's, I'm telling you, there was one company, they had a I photographer. Agree. And and the photographer was off doing his own thing for three for three days after he did the thing he had to do with the one booth, and I'm like, and he's shooting content, right? He's shooting content that is, you know, for for to promote his own brand. So that that's where I yeah. have the problem. That's where that needs to stop. And I think uh, what did Scott what did Scott say on this comment? What did Scott say on this comment? I didn't see the show. From from uh, what I remember, Scott said that they have played with ideas of introducing some sort of like vetting process where they do end up looking into it a bit more. I know that right now that there's like a bit of a, uh, like you to get a media badge, you have to have like a website and a few extra things. But I think they were talking about making it a more intensive application process. I don't know if they really had a plan to deter the, like you mentioned, the person coming in under another badge with a cell phone in their pocket and then doing a day of work 
and then going out for three days creating content. I I don't think they have anything in, implemented or even thought about in terms of like how to mitigate that or stop it. Because yeah, we want we want as many people on the show floor as possible, right? But yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, I I I'm not trying to discourage a lot either, but I also think there's eventually there's a point where they're gonna have to say there's too much media there. Um, yeah, I so. Agree. And the vetting, just you know, there was a vetting process about when I came in in 2011. I had to put I put this binder together, and I had to show all these points of what I was doing. I had to send the binder to Columbus, Georgia, which is where the IPCBR headquarters were. And I had to go. I went through that because that was the first year they started doing, but it, it gradually just disappeared. So you know, and it's now, something I've been asked about. I don't want to get involved with it with the PCA. I've told them that. So. Now, with what, you know, Dan mentions here, we should include influencers. And it's right. Like, you know, they, they provide a medium. And, like, I'm fine if they come in under media and are taking pictures and they've they've been vetted and are, you know, a, a true source of influence. Yeah. Um, but them to, like, take up, uh, say, like, interview time and, like, be in the face of people asking for, you know, samples and wanting interview time and wanting time one-on-one -on -one with, you know, primaries from the company that's where it kind of gets a little tricky um yeah but i th i think he uh, another thing he mentioned was again it, it's kind of in the rough but like having possibly like a media time like obviously you know you mentioned like the hour before we come in yeah and so people come in and, and it's like okay here's media time and then there's like trade show time but again they want media on the floor during the trade show too. So yeah, you need to capture the vibe of the show. Exactly. And that's what he said. There's a huge hole in that with the fact that like a, I don't think manufacturers want to stand there for eight hours straight doing the same interview over and over and over and over again for a whole day. Like they would be doing if that was the case. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think, I think it really just does come down to, the manufacturers saying we're, we're only going to accept interviews from people with media badges. And then those media badges have to be vetted and that's kind of, and then see yeah. how it goes from there. The, the other thing would be possibly creating a system where you, where you, when you get a media badge, you get to sign up for media slots and manufacturers bring out media slots available and you sign up for that slot and then you show up for that slot and then you get that time to interview them and they don't do interviews outside of that. That's a huge logistical nightmare. Again, I don't think most manufacturers will want to do that yeah. and making the PCA organize that. I don't know if that's really a thing, but yeah, just throwing out ideas really. Yeah. I know like from my personal standpoint, um, first of all, I don't like, I, I've heard the press conference idea. Don't, don't, I don't even people. That's a bad idea. I, I don't, don't think it's a yeah. yeah. Um. Now they have had these like media hours where the media comes in there. I've become less of a fan of those lately for a lot of reasons. Um, they just they don't give us the same results because everyone's hearing the same thing. So that's not a you know I think part of I understand there's some repetition. But you got to let every media brand have their lane and do do some things. Like Matt's going to ask, and you guys going to ask some questions that are different than Bear and I may ask, right? Um, and our team asks. So um, I, I think you kind of need to have that. Now, if it's 
you know, I understand spontaneously showing up at a booth is not the best thing either sometimes either. So sometimes you have to do that, though. But, but yeah, uh, so, yeah, I, I would in favor of the slots, but I would say I'd want the slot dedicated to me uh, because we're trying to everyone's trying to have trying to have their own spin on this right now. So, true. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of we've had some talk. We're going to be doing some things a little different this year. Not big, you know, big, but there's things we recognize that I, you know, I brought to the team. We're going to be doing some things, I think, to kind of capture some areas where we were a little weaker at. Uh, you know, and the other thing is we have a much, I mean, the really the bread and butter, uh, in addition to the videos, is the booth coverage we do. So um, while we don't go 150 booths like Half Wheel, we have found, you know, going about 70 booths has, is a, a good number as well. We, we're not going to get to, we found splitting up doesn't work for our team. So we try to stay together because we all have specialized roles in what we do. Right. And so, you know, Coop, the Coop team does things that they do. Um, you know, this is a this is the first time that we'll be bringing a full team of four of us to the trade show. And Mitchell and I and Kevin and the rest that are part of that team uh, have begun talking about our attack plan and we'll do things <coughs> our way. Um and and that and again, like to Coop's point, everyone does their thing differently. And we lost Coop. I don't know. Did he drop? Yeah, I think he dropped out. I don't know what happened. He'll probably call back. Um, this, this internet was getting a little choppy for a second there. So yeah, oh, here he is. Sorry, let's bring him back in. And sorry, Coop, we lost you there for a second. Yeah, for a drop, I just re-entered. Yeah, no worries. Uh, but yeah, I didn't like I was saying. You know, like you said, yeah, everyone does their thing different. You know, um, the smoke and tobacco team is going to do things that their way. You're, the Coop team, the Coop, the Coop Coalition, rather, uh, will do things their way. Uh, you guys are going to have your own spin and vibe on how you do your interviews. We're going to have our own spin. I will be doing right. interviews. Mitchell will be doing interviews um, on the trade show floor. So, you know, now there's multiple personalities on the Smoke and Tobacco team versus, I think, on the Coop team, mostly Bear just does your interviews at Cigar Coop. Right. We uh, Bear is really good at it. Uh, everyone has an opportunity sometimes to participate in some things, though. Um, you know, so like, I remember we did the soccer interview. I think we all sat around except for poor Ben who had to do the camera work. So, uh, right. And I, and I, and I tend to just do more like now I have the freedom to do the, the written piece really well, which I never had that. And Bear is just really good at what he does. He's a good roving reporter. Um, I didn't, you know, so he's, and I saw that with him, you know, having him the first two years and I, and I went to Bear and I said, you know, we need to kind of build on your strength here. Um, and then we were planning on doing some booth coverage. We were going to bring, we brought Nielsen in and then Ben became available to Cigar Coop and that everything just clicked. So the first year we did it, we were kind of all over the place. I think we did a good job. Last year, I think we had the machine honed. I think exactly we know what we need to do now. Yeah, uh, I think last year was one of your best years as a team. Yeah. Oh, it was great. I mean, I was, thank you. It was, uh, you know, but there's some things we know we have to improve on. We need to get a better camera next year for Nielsen, uh, this year, which we're going to do. Uh, so there's little things that we know we can improve on. We last year we had to address the mic situation, uh, which was a disaster. So <laughs> this is this is a message to all manufacturers at the trade show. I don't know if this is even possible. Take cellophane off your cigars, please. Like it is awful taking pictures of cigars with cellophane from what like I do at my house. I always I always take it off, and I see trade show pictures with cigars in cellophane, and they just look terrible. <laughs> Like the light shines. Are you awful talking? About, are you are you talking about like when they're in like a display? Yeah, oh, in the, the display case. Yeah. This, this industry needs help with display cases. Like okay, in general, they need oh like, like look. There are some booths like selected tobacco. They have it perfect, right? Yeah. There are other booths. I mean, I remember the Casada booths like about eight or nine years ago. 
it used to be like this fishbowl, like an aquarium it looked like, right? And the problem <laughs> is the way the light would come, it would angle, come in and, in one side out the other. It was impossible to take pictures. Now, they would be good and take stuff out for us, but, you know, it takes time for them to do that. So I kind of wish, if anything, give you know, these guys some advice on lighting here. You know who's, you know, and, you know who's and, got it down really well that I think makes a lot of sense, and to Mitchell's point, is like Drew Estate, Steve Saka. Gee, I wonder why that's a coincidence. Uncellophaned in the in foundation. Good point. In foundation, uncellophaned in the box, glued in the box, so people can't take them out. And then you have a, a broken set on display. You know those cigars are going to sit out and whatever. They're not going to be good. They're not saving them, but they're there for a purpose. They're there for the display. They're in the box, yeah. uncellophaned. No one's going to take them out because they're glued in. And then you know, but they're there and they look right. They look good in a photo. Uh, I think that's a great way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we've actually tried to be real respectful. Uh, like, typically, we won't grab a product. Um, we'll say, hey, can we, can you move it or something? We'll always ask them. We don't want to mess their displays up or anything like that. So we, we always are respectful for that. Because uh, sometimes we do have to ask them to move the product for a lot of reasons. Um, mm -hmm. Even if it's out of the cellophane, sometimes it is bad light and stuff like that. Or bad, it's too high or too low. So for the most part, we we've asked all the time with that, and most manufacturers they accommodate with that. So uh, they've done a good job with that. Uh, you know, the Fuente booth is the is a little tough to do that with because it's it's more like a museum. But you know, but they but at least I can get pictures in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and uh, was it uh, right? Sorry, right here. Jay said Ferry Tigger does a solid job with uh, no selling display too. Yeah, that's another good example. Uh, Michael had uh, I thought the last PCA he had he had the glass cases he had the boxes in there open like that. Yeah, he, and he's yeah he's a and I'll tell you the great booths is CLE's booths because they don't use cellophane for the most part. Yeah, that's another one. The great display. Yeah, um, yeah the, and Coop, I know you. Product makes it. And Coop, I don't. And speaking of CLE, because I don't, you didn't go to TBE, so you haven't seen the new boxes. But uh, so if we're going into PCA, they got they have the brand new boxes that they're they're coming out with now that we saw at TPE and. We'll see him at PCA uh, without the cellophane. So th there's another good shelf yeah. presentation as well. Yeah, and they got some PR help, which they desperately needed now. So um, They did. They did. And I think yeah, we lost and Mitchell. I think Mitchell's frozen. I think Mitchell froze. Yeah, he'll have to come in and come out. He's still connected uh, for some reason, yeah. but he's not Yeah, sometimes, sometimes the server or whatever. Yeah, he'll come back in. Um. Anyway. But yeah, no, you're right. Good point. They uh, they have uh, our friend Gabriel. Uh, his uh, uh, oop, here we go. There you are. He's back. Yeah. Um, yeah. has taken over uh, the CLE PR, which has been great. Yeah, and he took over Miami Cigar, which also needed help. So I think uh, two good. He used to do Miami Cigar years ago. So, um, it's it's two good moves for him. Uh, he's done a great job with a lot of companies over the years. So, he knows what he's doing. Um, and CLE, great products. I think that was the one piece they've always been missing is kind of media engagement, and they have now someone with Gabriel who can do that. So, Coop, we have an, we have an interesting comment here, and as someone who's been around since the dark times for cigar media, I'm going to let you answer, okay. this, answer this first because you've been around uh, for a long time. Um, yep. John says, I am rethinking this. There was a time when y'all were the startup media and just trying to get your foot in the door. Shouldn't you give some startup media the same chance? A absolutely, and we encourage that. But you got you, we can't, like, 
they have to play by the rules like everybody else does. That is what I would say. Um, I think it is important to have. You, John makes a really good point, and I agree with him. Um, so I do think we should be, you know, but you know, this is really you just can't let anyone in, and the PC has to do a good job of that because it's probably like, Matt. You're a good example, mm-hmm. you know, coming in when you did. So, um, but you, for your own mission, you probably had an easy vetting process, uh, too. So I do think new people yeah, should I mean, absolutely I have that chance. Yeah, I established, too. Yeah. I had yeah, a lot and to look, show. There, there was a guy I met. He was at this first trade show. Uh, it was Tim from uh, – Tim from – oh, I'm sorry. Tim I, Long? I'm forgetting it. Tim Long. Yeah. And we met at the we met at the Crown Heads booth. Great and guy. We just talked, and, and, you know, he was picking my brain on stuff, and, uh, you know, that's what we should be doing. We should be giving these new guys an absolute chance – to do that. Um, and I'll say this. No one did that for us, John, back when I did it. Um, in fact, a lot of the uh, existing bloggers were pretty shitty to me. So um, I only had one person uh, really help me. So. And that person, it, that it, person, that person knows who he is. Yeah. So. Um, so, those. yeah, no, John, you're 100% right. And I think that's an important thing that we should all be conscious of whatever things we're talking about bringing into the trade show. He, he's 100% right. Good point. And again, I think we mentioned that. I think we said that there is a space for them, but we need yeah, to we, maybe create some borders, create some boundaries. Yeah, it, yeah. If it becomes flooded, you know, we all get yeah. washed away. So, so let me give you a use case of something that was a problem. And this was a couple of years ago. And Matt, you're very familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some influencers who got onto the trade show floor. Okay. They were given manufacturer badges. And, but they weren't really, it wasn't really about them uh covering the trade show as much as it was selling calendars and things like that that's that was a problem like if an influencer came in and covered the trade show um you know like kevin came kevin shahan came last year for one day he did a very unique perspective on the trade show um i think it was you know for one day i think he did a good job and, and that was he got he actually turned down a manufacturer badge and actually ended up going in with uh, – there was a media thing that, that I think got him in. I'm okay with that. But he was doing media stuff with that, right? Um, you know, and I, I'd encourage him to get his own own thing going forward because I think it would help his brand. Um, but, yeah, it's – the problem is it was someone coming in and selling calendars. Um, years ago, it was someone coming in and treating it like a herf instead of like a trade show, like opening up a bag for <laughs> trick-or-treating. Which it was, it was one or two people in 2010, and we, we paid the price for 10 years after that. It was, it was, it was bad. So, well, so yeah, we there, right? Yeah, but I mean, we've had new guys. Matt, Matt ties come in. How about that cigar? Of course, smoking tobaccos come in. Um, and so there's a lot of brands that have come in, and they've done a very good job. And and certainly, you know, look, if someone needs an introduction to someone, um, and I like you and I trust you, I'll give you the introduction. So uh, that's not a problem. And I think you've had experiences with that, Matt, where someone actually went out of their way for you as well. So That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, it's someone not you wouldn't a... think. Someone you wouldn't think. Someone you wouldn't think, by the way. But, yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it's, and it's funny because, um, you know, it, but, again, to John John's question, it, it's not that we're trying to – and to be honest with you, when I first heard what I heard, I kind of took it like, you know – my my impression of it, and again, people can disagree or whatever, but my impression of what I heard was um, people who made certain comments were like just trying to keep it to the small handful of 
real OG people, and they felt that they were the only ones that should be there. Um, and no, and that shouldn't be the case. That and, be the case. and it should not be the case. But that's how I took that based on how and what was said. Um, that's and that's why I brought it. That's part of the reason why I brought it up tonight. So and it's not just about keeping people out. It's it's just it's just the people who treat it like their playground. But yeah, but I think you have to put something in place. Like that's why I, like, there was been. Let's kind of go to the other side. There's been there was this movement for about a bunch of bloggers were, were fighting to get the trade show fees wiped out. And I was actually against that for two reasons. One is, again, it was going to encourage people, you know, to come that probably shouldn't be that would really need to be vetted. Right. Um, and if they're not going to be vetted, it's a problem. The other problem is, frankly, look, this is still supporting the PCA. This I is agree. You know, yeah. Everything you so 100%. I. I so, I mean, and then the, the, the biggest complaint for years was I know a lot of people felt strong about the lunch ticket thing. And it sucked. Media didn't get lunch tickets. Um, and uh, that should have been fixed. That was a sponsor issue, from what I understand. Like, the sponsors didn't want to pay for it. So, I mean, now I don't think there's a lunch ticket issue anymore. There isn't. Um, yeah. yeah so, it's solved. Yeah. Yeah, that's solved. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I said, and, you know, I, like I said, it, it, my thing back then is they should have got a sponsor to say, hey, we we got to cover our media people, too. So I don't think the, the old IPCPR prior to Scott fought for that. So that was a problem, too. I mean, it's something like that. It's like I think that, you know, if you attend the trade show, you attend the trade show. Yeah. I mean, yeah. on, on little stuff yeah, like that. It, I mean, it's like, you know. <laughs> it's like, so, sounds like we're all pretty much on the same that. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, I think I feel a little different than maybe Matt on this, but um, I don't favor raising the trade shows at thirteen hundred dollars either. But I think there's yeah, other yeah. things that need to be fixed before yeah. that even is considered. By the way, I do believe we're going to have a PCA dues increase at some point anyway. I can't see it not continuing at this. Everything's going uh, up. So. I, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, and I uh, understand yeah. that. I just don't think that. I just, I just felt like you know, I don't think the media should exclusively be, you know dramatically increased as a way yeah. to deter because yeah. that's just not going to help the situation anyway. I, I have just something i got to mention. What's up? Uh, Matt, Ty, and the How About That Cigar team's about to just have a – they just – bad news. University of Minnesota blew a 2-1 lead in the college hockey championship, lost to Quinnipiac 3-2. Oh, man. So it's going to be a somber – Minnesota Sports Report Monday night. I can assure you on how about that cigar. Uh, <laughs> and I believe the yep. Wild are in a three-way tie uh, for first place with yep. the NHL. So depending on how yep. that plays out, yep. with yep. a couple of games left. Ooh, yeah, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. But back to what Dan said, the lunch ticket thing was years ago. I think it discontinued. I want to say 2018, 2017 maybe it was discontinued. So, yeah, there's no more lunch tickets. But there used to be lunch tickets. Now, uh, sorry, Matt. I, I want to. I want. We're, we're kind of getting a little far into it, but I, there was something that Scott Pierce brought up yesterday that I know Coop's gonna. You know, you've mentioned a lot about New Orleans, and Scott Pierce said there will be a location change in 2025. He pretty much guaranteed that, and he said there will be a press release in about a month mm-hmm. of where it's going to we- be. We yeah. well, we knew that. But so, we, yeah, we knew it's because they already floated New Orleans out there. It's not a secret. The question yeah. is, do they have another location? I don't think so. 
from what I've been able to ascertain and information I gather, I don't think they're negotiating with another city. So now the the interest. Yeah. Oh, the Jay, interesting thing Jay, he also Jay, said. Jay, Jay Davis is now with us, so maybe Jay can probably. But he, the, he actually does have a big point too, which I want to circle back to, Jay. So don't worry. I, the I, interesting, I the interesting thing he did say was that they're willing. A, um, it sounded like it would actually save the PCA a lot of money going to New Orleans. The second thing, or at least like they were offering it at a really good rate. Um, the other thing he said that they were going to offer us pretty much like the ability to close down an entire block or two and allow people after the trade show to pretty much take over that space as like an outdoor block party herf and have like all the restaurants in the area supply food and drink. And we pretty much like control like a block or two of restaurants and drinks and can smoke just outside however we want. I don't know what the weather's like in March, so I don't know if that's It, it could be a little cold there. It could rain. Um, yeah, I'm sure they, they can bring can heaters tents and tents and stuff. Tents, so, yeah. um, well, you know, my problem is with New Orleans is that you know that will address the logistical issue, which is good. My issue is I don't think we should be giving this trade show to New Orleans. That's my issue. Yeah, that's my you, issue. You and uh, you and Eric both had that with the fact that you know all the rules and regulations they've already put in to to bring down this industry in the state or in in the area. Yeah. So, like, is it like I'd like to see a concession? In the someone introduce something like, hey, we'll at least try to introduce something that will ease this up a bit. That's something that maybe that will happen. And if that does, that's great. Um, at the same time, I got to be fair to the PCA. They may not have many choices in this matter. I way. think that was another big one. Yeah. So we got to be fair to them. I, um, but I'll give the PCA, this is where I give Scott and them credit. They really try to think out of the box. And um, this is a, you know, I, I can't fault them for that. The, the, the board does a great job with that, too. They're thinking out of the box on things. They deserve some credit on that. Um, like I said, if we have to go to New Orleans, um, we ha I mean, the, the, but the vibe will be, it, I don't think it will have the same vibe, but we'll see. I mean, let's give it, you know, we may have to give it a shot to see before we knock it, you know. I think, I think you also mentioned, like, that, well, I don't, I don't know if, again, I just got this, I, inf I, I guess I inferred this, he said, you know, we're going to change it in 2025. And he mentioned that every time it had gone away from Vegas and come back, numbers have spiked. So when he said that, I kind of assumed, okay, well, we're going to go away for a year, but expect it to come back to Vegas. Yeah. So 2015 was the New Orleans trade show. None of us have good memories of that trade show. It was, it was probably the other, it wasn't quite as bad as the 2019 one, but you know, back then it was we had no plate like we had no setup like that. So you were going all around town, you know, going places, and it was in July, like a hundred, like like almost a hundred percent humidity. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't I it would be Dallas. I mean, you know the answer. To this oh, he mentioned these three cities. Um, I think Nashville. Some things have to happen in Dallas, which would be Fort Worth. Some things have to happen. Uh, I'd yep. love to see. I'd love to see it go to Nashville. Don't get me wrong. Nashville would be like I could drive there. So uh, I am. Uh, I am very. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to. I was trying to get caught up on um, some of the other comments here, but I wanted. I do want to circle back. So Jay brought up this right here, which I know uh, definitely applies to Coop. 
Staying on property helps the PCA a lot with the hotel uh, attrition. I know you all like your compounds, but it would be cool to have some media staying on property, but only if they get a break on their badge costs. Thoughts? Question mark. Um, it doesn't work well for us for a lot of reasons. Um, at least for me, we need uh we need space where we can kind of get together as a team. Uh, and going into one hotel room doesn't solve that. Um, I'm also you know personally I don't like being around crowds. Um, either on that I understand I understand and I I'm sympathetic to what Jay's saying on this. Um, it does help and uh, but. It is tough for us. Um, you know, is anyone willing to give us a 24-hour a media room to do something with? And that's something to think about. But, uh, but that, that, the media compound is a great idea. We like that. But we do need a place where we can be as a team, all four of us. And being in a tight hotel room doesn't do that very well is what we discovered. So um, that's one reason why. And to be honest with you, we can't have a conversation on, like, Casa Fuente. We, last year we were at Casa Fuente having a post-team meeting, and we got interrupted, and it was tough. And, it was, we sh and the only reason why we didn't is it was so hot that day, the air at the house wasn't working great. Right? That's the only reason why we did that. And it was tough to having that post-team meeting at Casa Fuente when we wanted, and, obviously, and, to be able to smoke and stuff with them. And you should feel like you should be able to talk about things that might be, you know, not necessarily things you want people to hear yeah. walking by right as yeah yeah you know yeah and, and you need that private space we, we need that privacy yeah um you know I, I have look my situation medically i really don't want to be in heavy crowds either but i am on a trade show floor all day so i get that um so it's more of a preference thing and i but we do need that space that's the most important thing i find is the media compound has helped enormously with that um we have you know we could do things like you know, like hotel bandwidth is, is, a, is a problem for us sometimes. So there's a lot of little things like that that we just can't. We don't have enough outlets sometimes for things. Um, so yeah. the, the compound work, does have a working purpose for it. Uh, but I am sympathetic. I understand the PCA's position there um, with that. So and, 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 you know, I'm not unsympathetic to that. It's just it's, it's a problem for us in a lot of other ways. Um, Alan brought up a, a point here. Uh, people don't want to go to New Orleans. Some of my retailers there even don't think it's a good choice. They don't. They don't want to go, but they're gonna um, have to sell. PCA is gonna have to do a big sell job, and I think they will do something to make it a better experience. John had said, "I agree. I believe New Orleans only willing to do it because they are hurting financially. Otherwise, they would not do it. Why would you reward them when they don't want cigar smokers?" And which is a point I that Coop has definitely I, I, brought up in the past. It's yeah, yeah, yep. they're not a smoke-friendly city. I would really, if they can get one of those other two cities first, I would just do it. Um, but those may be – Dallas and Nashville may be challenges. I know Jay would want Dallas. And uh, Personally, I like Nashville I, the best out of those three myself. I like Dallas. Well, now, Dallas that, I would that, do too. I'd rather yeah, the other Dallas, two. I agree. But uh, but Dallas – I mean, Dallas would be the best to have one guy down there. But you know what? It wouldn't matter because if Bear was in Dallas doing this, we'd probably need him at wherever we were staying. So he'd probably have to still, you know, I can't see him going home at night, you know, and then getting up the next morning. He lives kind of far out. Yeah. So it, it probably would be a, uh, you know, we'd probably have to. But I would love to see Dallas would be a great location. Central. It's true. It yeah, is central. exactly. It it's is. pretty easy for me to get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just, I'm getting caught up on some of these comments. 
Dan Thompson had something here. Scott also mentioned whoop, Scott also mentioned the chair of the Cigar Caucus is New Orleans. If I heard correctly, national and local politics are different. Comments, Coop? Anything to say on that? Um, yeah, he's right. I don't know what I don't, you know. So, but but from what I understand, it's the local politics that are the problem, not the in New Orleans. It's not the it's not the uh, state or anything like that. So, that from what I I mean, I know New Orleans has been the problem. Uh, but you know, uh, Vince asked, "Have PCA provided a few con Have PCA provide a few conference rooms?" They just, uh, the only thing I'd say it has to be ours exclusively, and I don't think they can afford to do that for all the media. Mm-hmm. That's true. I don't want to have to say I'm waiting for someone else to get into a conference room, and and I that's I know it's an unrealistic expectation is the problem. So I mean it's not that many people. Bear, Bear actually chimed in. Curious, Jay. I love the idea of supporting the PCA, but what other benefits do you see that with media staying on property? Sorry, I. I, th- I think it's just like the like having that overall people yeah. there right that vibe just you know the the constant foot traffic and you know even even last year with you guys at the uh at the uh coop compound i feel like you still did spend a lot of time in the venetian or in and around the strip like you spent so much time we were there we anyways. weren't at the compound yeah we weren't at yeah. the compound most but but even late night and in the morning it helped us out um, again having you know, the private have space the- and and talking and, and knowing, yeah, hey, we're, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Jay says, get a big suite like Skip has in the past with an outside patio. Might be cost effective if they have four bedrooms. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Pre- I mean, if some options are presented to us, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying I'd rule it out. Could work. Could work. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it doesn't work. Um, so... Well, Jay, it, I as, the, I, as the PCA, I mean, if that's if that's what you guys really want, then you know, um, make make it happen for us. Yes. make something happen where it's affordable. Yeah, that's what I would just say. I um, mean, put in yes. an option to us. Yeah, um, I I don't think you know. I mean, it's an interesting point, and it was worth bringing up. Um, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. It's a very fair point. It is. It's it's, it's a good one, but. Yeah. As Coop said, and and I'd probably echo that as you know, our team um, has expanded, um, and we would probably be looking at other options similar to the Coop team in the future as well. So, um, I, I'd probably echo the same thing. I mean, uh, we don't. Ha- I I think we don't think we have so much of the crowd issue, um, but you know, I I I agree. It's nice when you have all your own space, uh, yeah. and the team can get together. Uh, Nicole will probably be traveling again, you know, after the baby and all that too. So. It would be nice to have a space like that for her, especially if the baby was to be brought along. I don't know. We, we, we haven't crossed that bridge yet. We're not even close to there yet. So it, cool. shit like that for us. Like, yeah, I mean, that the, 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 the compound idea I like. Uh, you know, I remember Jose Blanco years ago uh, with Emma. They'd be at the trade show, and they had a babysitter. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they had a babysitter for Jasper. But Jasper was very young back then. So, yeah, I do remember those days. Jay Davis says, Coop, call me this week with your needs, and I'll see what Scott and Lisa can do. Worth a shot. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I have to think what the needs – we. I'd have to talk with the team what the needs are, but I will, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think this year's trade show, everything's already booked for both teams. 
but maybe for for next year, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Twenty twenty four. Uh, because we wonder if even the compound maybe we were talking if the compound is an option when it's going to be forty degrees at night smoking outside. So that's true. And with the trade and with the, with the trade show, um, coming on in uh in March next year, Vegas is still a little chilly that time. It's cold. Yeah, I I think when they get it, if they get it into April, it actually would be a big difference. Um, for it, I've been in Vegas in in March and April, so I know I know the difference. Um. So, when, uh, so yeah, it is a difference. But yeah, no, I appreciate that, Jay. And that's what I mean. This is the, this is what we've seen out of Scott and the board members. They've they've gone in a way communication. They try to help us. They listen to us. They can't always do it, and, and that's that's why I, there's a you know it can't be helped. But like you guys just you guys don't remember the dark days. No, we couldn't and that's get why, we couldn't, That's why I brought it up because you. It, you it was and... so bad ten years ago. We couldn't even get PCA to. Talk to us. We were acknowledged last year. PCA, the media was acknowledged last year before the trade show. And I thought it was a monumental, and I know our team and your, your team, we were very public on thanking the PCA for that. It went, it meant a lot, and I never thought that day would come. So they, they listed the media brands that were covering the show, and, and I was just, it was great that they did that. So I agree. Um, I will echo that. Yeah. Absolutely. You, know, you, you guys, you guys have paved the way to help. You know, all all new media have a better experience than what you had, right? Yeah, and, I mean, and we're, look, we're very had, thankful. Yeah, and and look, like I said, the the new the new you know Scott coming in, the staff coming in, the, the board coming in. Uh, I don't want to forget guys like Greg Zimmerman, either, who's been great to deal with. Um, he's been a great Greg Zimmerman's been one of the best PCA presidents we've had. I'll say that uh, right on the record. I have no problem saying that. Greg Zimmerman may have done the best job of anyone I've seen as PCA president. Coach of the year. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Maybe maybe if we have a PCA Hall of Fame someday, uh, <laughs> you know, Greg and Scott can definitely get their places in there. You know, maybe that's a good idea. We start a PCA Hall of Fame. PCA Hall of Fame. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need that. Jay Davis, that, yeah. 2011 and 2012 media was a four-letter word. Oh, it was. It was bad. We were we were the damn bloggers back then. Not the bloggers, the damn bloggers. <laughs> yeah, the damn bloggers. Those damn bloggers. They're, 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 we're not making sales because of them, and they're stealing product. And uh, the only one is free cigars, and that's why they come to the show. Jay Davis said Greg Zimmerman has been a great president. Maybe he can manage the Giants next. Um, listen, we I, I will say this: uh, the Flyers oh, can use him right now. It's baseball season. Let's go. And Let's Greg, go. No, no, the Flyers aren't far from Harrisburg, and <laughs> I would actually hire Greg Zimmerman. Uh, and he said I met Greg Zimmerman um on a Davidoff trip. Bear and I met him um when we were on the Davidoff trip, and he was at the time he was on the executive committee. Uh, and we just, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I think I said the bear. I said, this guy's going to be a good president when he comes in. I mean, he just very listens and doesn't just go through motions and really tries to help. And uh, I, I think he's been a fantastic president. Um, first of all, I'm going to circle back. Um, off topic, Bruins win, tie NHL record. So we uh, we got one more and we take the record. So. Officially, that's where the Bruins good, good are. Good for you. Good for you guys. What? What? I said, I could be happier for Jim Montgomery. Um, yeah. I hope he gets the record. He's a good coach. Good coach. I'm Very, a big fan of his. 
Very proud I wish of we got him for right the Flyers. Now. Wish we had him on the Flyers. Not against Tortorella, but he, Jim Montgomery's a great coach. Came out of the college ranks, too. John had said, so if you say you can smoke anywhere in a four- or five-block radius, you can't keep the public from walking around. And if you think people are not going to say, what are you doing, this is a smoke-free city. Not wrong. He's not Absolutely. wrong. That's, well, we sold our soul to get the trade show back. <laughs> that's the answer. Yeah. But that's what I mean. I think if I would see something that would advance some easing of the restrictions in New Orleans, that would be something that would be great. If you could, if they can get, and I'm sure PCA is going to work that angle. So yeah. I'm, I'm not even, I'm sure they're savvy enough they're going to work that angle. So I have confidence that they could, but that would be a great, that would be a great trade off. Yeah. And if we go down there and you can't really smoke a lot, it's going to suck and everyone's going to be upset. I, I, and I'll give you a really simple one lift the casino smoking ban. That would be the biggest, that would be huge. You lift the casino smoking ban That's down. That's true. There. That was just something like that. I mean, just show it. You're trying to do something that you 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 want to you want to have a cigar convention in your city. Um, you know, look, the NFL doesn't get didn't give Super Bowls to Los Angeles when they had no team. Not that Los Angeles couldn't host the Super Bowl; they were more than capable of hosting the Super Bowl. They didn't give it to you know San Diego's not getting any more Super Bowls from what I understand because they don't have a team anymore, and they've hosted many Super Bowls. So, um, I think there's you know I think there's something to that. Yeah. Um, Alan, no one cares about the Yankees. So, <laughs> no one cares about that. Oh, he cares about it, but that's it. Bear Duplessis, lifting a ban, is that even possible? Uh, it's harder to lift a ban. He's right. It's harder to lift a ban than put a ban in place. He's 100% right. And Jay has said, my fantasy <coughs> would be a trade show in New York City, but two million liberals would have to move to Massachusetts, and all the laws would have to be changed. Too bad it is a great city. <laughs> that's... A powerful statement. Um, the I, I don't would, but regardless of all that, New York City for a trade show. Oh, expensive, but but uh, you, they have the Javits Center that they could certainly do it in. Yeah. So um, so it's po I mean I wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst idea, but it is expensive. Manhattan's very expensive to stay in. I mean you're talking, I mean hotels or, are really or expensive. like Bear said were practical. Um, well, practical, it's a big city, uh, and it's a great city, New York. So, I mean, I'd love this, I'd, I would love to see it in New York. Uh, it wouldn't be my first choice, though. Like I said, I think Vegas is still the best place for our trade show. Agreed. Yeah. I think so, too, just logistically. Like, yeah, I, I understand it may not be the It's cheapest. not my favorite city. Yeah. But, but again, I think I yeah. think in the long run, the PCA is still looking for a long-term place in Las Vegas. They're just looking for some transitional cities because there isn't something with like they're trying to find something with the perfect yeah. base, the perfect location, and we gotta maybe just bide some time at this point. At least that's yeah. what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, I think so too. Um, again, I don't. I and and we talked about this on the last show. I understand they had to get out of the Venetian, so yep. it wasn't well, a good yeah. deal for them. You have to. There's a point where you have to just sometimes walk. Well, the so, contract was up, wasn't it? It was, but I think they did have an option to go back uh, next year. Um, yeah. But it was going to be on the same dates, and you know, Venetia yeah. just really didn't want us there. It sounded like so, they didn't make yeah. it easy for us. So, um, it's disappointing. I think it was the best conventions. I've been to all the convention spaces in Vegas. That's the best one. Las Vegas convention is not bad. It's a good place for trade show. It's just the hotel situation is not as good. 
you know. And well, and it sounds uh, Jay Davis Venetian wanted a multi-year commitment in July. Um, yeah, they didn't want to do it, yeah. and they didn't want to do it. They, they were too, look, there were too many people. Look, I can give all the reasons why I think it was ridiculous to move the trade show out of July. Uh, they're mostly selfish. But the other thing I'll just say is um, there were people who just look didn't want. We talked about it last time. There's people who want to take vacations that time of the year, so I, I understand it. There's, you know, um, people don't want to be in 115 degree heat. I understand that. So, uh, Alan, if you think anyone in California is going to give any sort of smoking exemptions for us, when they're trying to currently ban smoking altogether for people of a certain age, I know Alan keeps going on about San Diego, and I'm like, <laughs> well, do you well, not? Well, what? what well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. To be fair to Alan, okay, we're going to New Orleans, which is just as bad in a lot of these places, right? <laughs> so why not take a shot? At, maybe they tried to take a shot at San Diego to do the same. I, I don't know, but but, they but might yeah. Be, yeah, yeah. But I think in general that that the that vibe there is probably it's a there's a there's, there's more of a prohibitionary type of vibe I think in California. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I think it's worth. Yes, I mean, Coop. I understand the point you made, but yeah, I think California's worse yeah um, i think california would be worse in this case i agree so um, I, I, again I, I mean I, I understand what alan's saying and you know what on paper yeah interesting idea but yeah. i think you got to get through the california <laughs> politics of the smoking to begin yeah. with and that's going to be like yeah the hardest wall to get through yeah but like i said when people say they don't care about uh the pca trade show like there's so many people who care about when it is and where it is it's it's the biggest it's the biggest soap opera in the history of the cigar business by far. It generates more conversation on shows and content. Uh, like it was funny when the PC announcement came, I was having one of my slowest weeks traffic wise and it just spiked. Uh, Alan, your job is to negotiate with San Diego and talk to Scott Pierce. <laughs> Jay Davis, Mexico city would be great too, but want PC in the USA. True. Well, Mexico City's um, gotten tough. Mexico City just put some very yeah. tough smoking bans in they place. They just banned all public yeah, smoking. Just, yeah. So yeah. I don't know how that would work. Yeah, um, I know because like I said it. I, mean, I was smoking at the Ritz-Carlton. I don't know if that's still an option anymore. I was going to say, didn't they ban all indoor smoking too, even for places that had it allowed? Well, so a lot of the restaurants in Mexico City have retractable roofs. And they open them up for smoking sometimes. Uh, that's Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we have. I heard Scott mention we need a half a million square feet for PCA show. That yeah, seems I was, a little big. I was wondering, like, it up. I, I was wondering, like, would would it be possible to just like downsize the trade show, like, not have these bigger manufacturers have such massive booths, and to accommodate for possibilities of better options? I, I don't know. Um. You know, so I have some strong feelings on that, Mitchell. I, on paper, it sounds good, right? Yeah. But this is like if you go to TPE, it's a good example of like when you go to the the cigar booths versus the alternative products, and the alternative mm -hmm. product booths look so much nicer. Yeah. Um, I think when you're dealing with luxury products, you're you're dealing with retailers spending, putting, writing big checks. You, you need to have a comfortable space with it. Um, I agree. And I think. So, yeah, that's kind of where I feel with that, you know, and, you know, I look at like what Cuba does with with uh, with their festival, you know, and I just I just I don't I, I know I've heard people say that. Right. But I think for this trade show, it, it still needs to be 
Now, could there be some maybe control the size of a booth? Maybe, maybe. But uh, I wouldn't like. I, I I'd hate to see it go to the tablecloth show. Yeah, the pertinent I, table booth show. I, That's what I don't want to say. I, I agree. I think it would have to be a fine medium. Again, I don't know if there is like just that slight step down of what they're looking at right now that's even available to, to what they want to do or if it would have to go down way too small, like the jump's just yeah. too big and it would yeah. be one of those just everyone's a tablecloth booth. There's no there's nothing special, right? It, it still needs to be special. We are, like you said, still a premium industry and we need to put forward a premium image. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Alan yes. brought up a good point too. Smaller floor plan. Yeah, that's means less revenue. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. You're right there, Alan. Jay Davis says, "I think we need like three hundred to three hundred fifty thousand, but I'm not the expert." I think um, they want to have room to grow too, but but yeah, I, I was going to mention you know, that too. The room uh, to grow. Well, what yeah. I'm curious. So, what was the what was the size of the trade show floor when the Big Four were all there with their massive booths before? I I couldn't tell you that. Yeah, I couldn't tell you that. The question is, I think what was still, that versus uh, what is now. I think they still have the same space. Also, what's what's the number? What's the number on total people like attending? Like, do you guys remember or know that off the top of your head? Like, every like the number of just... attendees for last year, or yeah, I'd have to pull yeah, it like, up. But attendees I don't have it off the top plus plus like manufacturers, uh, like yeah, yeah. So I, I always wondered that. Um. Yeah, it's. I'd have to look that up, you know, and, and this gets a little tricky because it goes by tickets issued, and yeah, right. That's not that's an indicative of floor traffic, which is a different measurement. So some people don't eye on the floor the whole time. So I'm just trying to see if I have the numbers here, uh, but I'll look to see if I do. The bigger the presence, the bigger the sales. Yep, very true. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Like again, yeah. th this is just kind of the options of again this transitional time like i said in the long run i'm pretty sure they're just going to be looking at vegas big floor plans big space and it's going to end up going there because yeah i just so here's what i have there were 2036 retailer badges um issued for uh 707 accounts and 2374 stores so an account could have multiple stores right so uh, that was a significant up uh, badges. It was 1622 in 2021. So they had a significant bump, but that was the whole post-COVID trade show. So, you know, that that's why it was the case. And that's yeah. just on the retailers. Yes, and you have the manufacturers would probably double that number. Right. Especially, you know, I see this, you know, when some companies bring an enormous amount of people. That's true, especially the bigger companies. You know, they bring entire teams. They bring in the executives. They bring in yeah ownership. They bring in administrative yeah. staff. Well, it's opportunity for them to network and Absolutely. grow their business. Absolutely. So yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. But yeah, a lot of people either way, you know. And yeah. again, there's going to be a lot of companies that have decent to large size booths too yeah. that need that space for those reasons too. They have a lot of staff. Yeah. Hey, big companies, they got all their sales reps there. They got, you know, all their sales reps meeting with all their accounts and their different territories that are coming to the show. You need space for everyone to do their thing. Um, you know, the bigger the company, the bigger the space they do actually need. So, um, like Coop said, you don't want it to be the tablecloth and curtain show. Uh, can you imagine Drew Estate being at a single tablecloth? Yeah. Like, and doing business? That would be... Uh, yeah. You got, you got local events for tablecloths. 
<laughs> so, yeah. But you uh, need to have a place to do business, you know. You need to have room. To, you know, the, even those booths at the PCA, they have very small booths. It's tough to do business at those booths. So it's much easier when, you know, I could go into the Oliva booths and there's an area I can go and meet while other business is going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like did my microphone just drop out? What's going on here? It does sound a little low. What happened there? What happened there? Let's trend this up. Oh, that was way too high. I don't know what happened there. I think I have a loose connection in my headset cord. Because it's been just, uh, it's been a little strange. Oh, there we go. Now we're back. Sorry about that. Just adjust this back down. Um, Jay Davis, the comments keep coming. I think the cohort for the show is around 6,000 attendees. Sounds total. about right. Sounds about right. It's a lot of people. Yeah. When you think about it. And you need yep. room for all those people to spread around and do what they got to do. Um, you know, I know Nicole had said, like, hey, what about, for example, I think it was the Foxwoods Convention Center because you have an area that has a convention center, casino right there, big cas- you know, big hotel, um, which since she said that, we actually had been down there. And they actually recently stopped smoking in the casino because she's like, wow, because then you could be in the casino. It's kind of like Vegas. And I remember Scott saying they actually did explore Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun, and they found them to be too small. Uh, but I don't know exactly how big those convention centers are. Um, so That's a big problem that we have with this trade show is, is we're too big for a lot of these places. Uh, same with the Hard Rock. And we're actually too small for Vegas in a lot of the cases. <laughs> so True. Yeah. True. But yeah, it, so it's tricky. And again, we you know we have this conversation, but it's not easy. Um, yeah. And then you get the whole smoking thing, which you know, if we were any other industry, it wouldn't really be an issue. Uh, it would be easier to find somewhere to go. But with the smoking thing, you can't just go anywhere. We're, we're a very social industry too. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very social. Um, yeah. You also need places to smoke. At when the Daily Show is over, and this is true absolutely. too. Yeah, that's absolutely, that's what you just said. Yeah, um, absolutely, and it needs to be a central place. Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, New Orleans created a huge problem. Orlando created a problem too when it was there, but New Orleans it was really bad. Um, everyone was just scattered all over the city that night, and we were going. I mean, I remember I went all across town a couple of nights, and it was a pain in the ass. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, I think this is a good stopping point for us. Uh, yep. We've 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 had a lot of conversation here tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I just I just put down my meat carita, which was delicious. I still got a it little bit bad. left. It wasn't bad. It was a little left. Had a little age on it. This wasn't bad. Um, very good, very good. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's gonna do it for for our our show this week. Uh, so thank you to everyone who's been here all night with us, watching along, listening along, and thank you to everyone who's been watching or listening later on our YouTube channel or on the podcast platforms. And while you're at it, don't forget to like and subscribe on those platforms so you don't miss any of our episodes. Uh, before we go, uh, I should mention we are still running the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation fun- fundraiser raffle. I think we're around 14000 Um we nice we still have a little bit to go, and uh, we're still a little bit of ways away from our, our kind of unofficial goal. Um, so don't forget to check that out. If you head over to SmokingTobacco.com, you can find the link uh, in the navigation bar under Charity uh, Fundraiser. 
while also going to go.rallyup.com slash smokingtobacco2023. You can find the uh, raffle page there as well as all the amazing prizes that we have, or as Mitchell pointed out this week, epic prizes. Yep, um, epic. And there's some more stuff coming. There's uh, some going to be some swag and rare cigar samplers. Uh, from Arturo Fuente that need to be put up. We've just uh, just been a little bit behind on, on getting that stuff together and up on the thing, but there's more of that stuff coming. Um, one other prize that I still need to finalize with the manufacturer uh, that's not cigars, but definitely is cigar-related. Uh, so just keep an eye out for that. But we are we are getting towards that point where I don't know how many more prizes that are going to be added just because I try not to add them too late in the game. Um, but you know, whatever, we'll see what happens. Um, but don't miss that. Once again, everyone always asks me about it, uh, after it's over, not everyone, but a good group of people. And I always tell them you missed out. So don't miss out. Make sure you get your raffle tickets in there. It's for a great cause. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's raise a, a good amount of money for these kids because, uh, they deserve it and it changes lives every day. But thank you to everyone who's been here tonight. I appreciate it. Gentlemen, thanks for being here with me, and Thank we'll you. see you. And we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smoking Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokingTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.